1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Benzinga Live. You guys like my uh, late night radio voice? I don't. That was my like. That was my like late night hotline voice. (laughs) I'd call Spencer. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, A producer, AT in the background. What is up, everybody? How we doing? Happy Wednesday. Happy, happy CPI day. Uh, We'll talk about inflation today. We're going to talk about inflation. Um, Is it getting worse? Is it not getting worse? How do we know, and uh, what does the market have to say about that? Um, so that's going to be like the headline theme of the day. We also are going to talk about GameStop. Why? Because tomorrow marks the one-year anniversary. It's been it's been a year already. A one-year anniversary of when the squeeze squoze of when the GameStop short squeeze started. Uh, one year ago tomorrow, shares of GameStop went up like, I think like thirty dollars. We'll talk all about that, um, and and um, if that means anything for them, maybe maybe it means nothing. But I I've noticed GameStop is like a number one trending stock each of the last three days. It it was not always that way. Um, so, uh, that being said, holler at me in the chat. Uh, I see Tiny Pie there to answer Tiny Pie's question. No, is not. Prucy Rohan in the chat. Uh, Fun fact, Prucy Rohan is actually not here right now because he is driving in a Rivian. And he's going to tell us all about that, I think, tomorrow or maybe next week about what that experience was like for him. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about inflation. We'll talk about GameStop. We will play Wordle. I did not yet play today's Wordle. If you don't know what Wordle is, if you weren't here yesterday, well, that's fine. That's great. Uh I can't wait to play with you guys because uh it's a fun fun game. Fun game. So you know what to do. Hit the like button, hit subscribe, tell your friends, and I got A B with me. Let's roll that intro. This is Ben live Spencer Israel and producer A B. What's up everybody? How we doing? I'm-
2: someone told me buy high, sell higher.
1: Let's get Matt and Hammond on the show talk to my POs. Jake Ujassik from Trend Spider. We have a- Hey, what's up, Shelly? What's up, baby? How are we doing? I'm good, Spencer. How are you? I am. I'm good. It's, it's Wednesday. It's hump day. I'm just trying to get over the hump, man. Over the hump. Hump day! Hump day, hump day is our favorite favorite day at Benzinga. Yes. It's, it's Luke Jacoby's favorite day, which means it's all of our favorite days.
2: Right? I, is that right? Uh, yeah. Happy happy Luke. Happy. Is, is Luke
1: around? Does he want to do the Humpties? No, he's on, I think he's on a call. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Luke's
2: busy sometimes.
1: Yeah. You can never quite get know with Luke. Is he busy? Does he want to come on? Does he doesn't want? Does he not want to come on? Never really know with him. He just kind of yolos it the entire time. But anyway, I already teased the show today. It's going to be a, uh, a day to talk about uh, inflation. It's going to be a day to talk a little bit about GameStop. I should probably tell you who our guests are going to be. So let me do that right now. Uh, our first guest coming up uh, at uh, noon ET or somewhere thereabouts is going to be Rod Alsmann. Uh, Aaron, uh, this 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 is a guy who was like. Neck deep in the GameStop stuff last year, right?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I I think what we saw last year, Spencer, was a lot of people obviously got into trading on the retail investing side. Uh, The GameStop and then the subsequent AMC story brought a lot of people into it. And there were a lot of, uh, you know, so called experts on Reddit, Twitter, wherever. But if I'm talking GameStop experts, Rod's the first one that comes to mind. I mean, Rod, we, we and we can talk about this once Rod comes on at noon, but, um, Rob started his website, uh, sorry, Rod, not Rob, uh, Rod started his website, GMEDD.com, which DD, of course, stands for due diligence, like, oh. I want to say, like, a year before the short squeeze, like, was basically like, really? That I didn't know. I think so. I, oh, I, we'll, we'll ask how, how, uh, you know, kind of far in advance that he started that research, but basically pointed out that like, hey, this th- there could be some deep value, uh, you know, no pun intended, some deep value here in this stock, and kind of was a, a pioneer in that sense.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, people. I think we we forget, but like that's how this whole thing started. It was people like 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 like, like um um uh what's the guy's name on 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 deep. Reddit. Thank Fuck, you. Uh deep fucking value. Uh, yeah, team fucking Roaring value. Kitty. Roaring Kitty. Why could I not remember what, what that was? Uh,
2: people no, like Rod. People like Roaring people Kitty. People like Rod and Roaring Kitty. Yeah. And, and, and to Rod's credit, Rod stayed true to his DD throughout the whole uh, you know, GameStop short squeeze. Because Rod's whole thesis essentially was, and uh, Roaring Kitty's as well, that, okay, this is getting incredibly undervalued. Um, there's still more short interest coming in eventually. Uh, these shorts will have to cover, and then when that all played out, um, it's not like Rod was some shill out there saying, "Yeah, go buy GameStop at three hundred dollars a share or whatever." He he was actually kind of saying the opposite. Like mm. my whole thesis was that this was so undervalued, now it's getting overvalued. So, um, I, I personally enjoyed seeing Rod kind of like stay true to his uh, DD. But again, we can we can talk more to hit, more. With him about that yeah, here in so, a few minutes. So
1: that'll be at noon. We're going to be joined by uh, Everett Knight, who is uh, Vice President um, at uh, uh, Valens at, at 1230. We'll be talking uh, pot with uh, with Mr. Knight. We'll be talking to Jesse Kaler at 1 o'clock from Elite Trading, and we're talking to Cowboy from Simba Bets
2: at one thirty on today's yeah. show. and Brett Simba might join us, too. He might not. Who knows? But if he doesn't, we'll still have a great time with Cowboy. We'll talk some... Uh, I'm excited to, to talk to Cowboy about some NFL playoffs preview for, for yep. betting on that. So I don't know uh, what percentage of our audience out there right now, you know, also dabbles in sports investing in addition betting. to stock market investing. Yeah. Uh, but let us know in the chat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Holler at us. I, I, I'm like a, I'm a total noob on the sports betting front. Like I, I have like three or four apps and I go on them like I don't know once a month or once every other month and I throw a couple yellow bets on. But I, I'm like a total. Sports betting noob. I had
2: I had some house money on my uh, DraftKings app the other night. Mm, I love house money. I know house money is so fun. It's the I, easiest to lose. I know. I have no regard for it. I'll just throw <laughs> it around like it's like it's nothing. Like it's monopoly money. It it, it, it is monopoly money. I know. And <laughs> what I, do you I mean, uh, every every like there were like three separate occasions during the. Uh, during the national championship game on monday night between georgia and alabama where alabama would like go down and then the odds would be like alabama plus 150 to win the game and i was like yeah alabama's gonna win this game they're gonna come back and i ended up like 250 dollars deep on alabama winning the game which of course they did not but then i had solace in the fact that hey that was house money that wasn't even that, that it wasn't, wasn't even real it wasn't even real it's
1: like it's like bitcoin it wasn't even real money exactly yeah um okay speaking of bitcoin i do want to do a crypto
2: update but i'm i i'm having a hard time right now of course well, well let's get we'll give you some time on that uh um, yeah they, they, Shelley, the, Shelley the she does uh political betting there are a few different kind of apps websites out there uh predictit.org yeah pred-
1: oh yeah that but that's yeah is that what i'm thinking of i we have to we'll have to like table that until november october right because in the midterms are in november
2: yeah right? but if you if if you're into that sort of stuff, I would say now is like a time where you can uh there's probably some like value out there where um you know once we get closer, I think it's a lot clearer with exit polls and every or not exit polls, but with uh just polling in general, it's a lot clearer who's gonna win so now if you if you have an idea I don't know i I mean I have absolutely no idea, but I would gladly
1: throw some money around on predict it.
2: Yeah, like this is, in, this is interesting right here. So, so here's what I'm saying, Spencer, is that right now we can bet on the 2024 um, like re- Republican nominee for president. and, and That's Trump, too early. And Trump's the favorite. But what I'm saying is after the midterms, there's going to be, um, you know, it might be a little bit clearer. I don't know, maybe not for the... I don't know. Like, let's see who, if there's anything it's interesting so, in here. I
1: feel like, like, the midterms are coming up in, like, in, in, in 10 months, uh, 11 months. That That's what I mentioned. I think that that would be more fun. It's more actionable, right? I, I don't want to place a bet and then have to wait, like, a year and a half. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Like well, what that, I'm saying is, okay, right here, what will the balance of power in Congress be after the 2022 midterms? Right now, yeah. you can get for 69 cents. Of course. Uh, Republicans win the House and Senate. And then by the time November rolls around, that could be $0.90. Cents. You know, if it looks like, oh, it's for sure going to happen, that that's going to happen, that now it might be time to uh, get into some of these things before the prices get skewed. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe you have a point. Maybe you have a point. Um, all right, let's do a quick crypto update, and then I want to get to CPI. We'll talk about inflation. But uh, there was a, a crypto thing today that, 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 that I want to Did you guys see this rumor about SHIB that uh, there was a tweet from Breaking Crypto that Robinhood is going to list Shiba Inu as early as February? Shiba Inu is up, what is that, 13% today on that headline? That's all That's all that tweet right there. That's all uh, Breaking Crypto. So you can see SHIB, dark green. It's actually a great day for crypto. As a, as a group, and we'll get into why that is in in, in a second. Um, But Bitcoin up 2%. That's kind of your laggard, right? Ethereum up 4%. Binance coin up 4%. Solano, nice to see Solano do well. I feel like it's been a, 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 tough, a tough few weeks there. Uh, Cardano uh, up, wow, up almost 9%, 8.5% today for Cardano. So you see green across the heat map there in crypto land. Uh, this is mainly, I suspect, my best guess here, is that this is a a reaction to two things. It's a reaction to one, the fact that crypto has been weak for the past couple of days and weeks, and two, um, for whatever reason, the market has decided that crypto is now an inflation hedge Um, because inflation came out today and it's persistent as we knew it would be. And so crypto is, crypto, if you look at when they started going higher today, it coincides with 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, which is when, the cpi release came out when we got the inflation data for, for for december so um crypto is now an inflation hedge i mean some people have always said that but uh it doesn't always act like one today it's acting like one so that's something for you which is nice but uh anyway wait what is ftm what is this guy i don't know if i've seen that before phantom up 17 percent today all right. And then we have to check out our near, obviously. Our near yeah, our, our, our protocol is still in the green. Near now up. Come on. Where's my, where's my, um, there we go. Near now up 94% in the last 30 days. Good job, everyone who's, who's, who's long that. Neither of us are. If you own near, tell us in the chat what your plan is. I would have to know. Um, As a reminder, if you want free Bitcoin, it's very easy to get. All you have to do is download the Voyager app, enter their offer code that's on the screen right now, Z-I-N-G, fund your account with $100, make a trade, any trade, and they will give you 50 bucks in Bitcoin for free. All right. Uh, Next thing I want to do as I check on the chat and see what I'm missing there um, is I wanted to show everyone um where for, for future reference where to go to learn about cpi you can go on benzinga pro you can go on twitter but i want to go to the actual source i want to go to the bureau of labor statistics website BLS.gov.gov. uh and in this case i went to bls.gov slash cpi and I brought me to this page. This is your CPI homepage. Okay, this is where all of the uh, news algorithms and all the news organizations. This is what they are scraping every month um, on the second Wednesday of the month at eight thirty. This is what this is the page they're scraping. And this little box here is the box that gets updated right at eight at eight thirty. Usually it's like eight thirty and like. 10, 20 seconds. It's never. It's never at eight thirty on the dot. But anyway, um, let's go into this release. And I, I, I'd have to. Uh, there we go. Okay. So let's go into this into the, this release here. So this is um you know the, the headline number you guys saw by now. Um, CPI up seven percent on a year over year basis. And let's show you how we know that. Uh, so this first paragraph here, right? Um, a 0.5% increase, that's month over month, right? A 0.5% month over month increase, December compared to January. And then that last sentence there in the first paragraph, over the last 12 months, all items increase 7% before seasonal adjustments. So year over year is usually what people refer to. You see 7% inflation, things are 7% more expensive in December of 21 than they were in December of 20. Now, let's drill down into the specific and I'll make this way bigger so y'all can see. How about that? It's way it's a little better, right? Okay. All items, that top row, 7%. We already went over that, okay? Now, they break it down by sector, right? Food, energy, we got like vehicles, we got apparel, we got services. Um there's not a lot here that that is that is really different, and that's probably the biggest takeaway from from this report is that it was pretty much in line with the trend, right? The trend of the last what seven, months five, six, seven months, inflation is going is going higher. Uh, it's not going higher by a lot, but it is increasing, right? It is increasing. Um, and I, I believe the the prior the the November reading, was like 6.8% headline inflation. So we went from 6.8% in November to 7% in, in December. So it is it is going higher, but it, it's not going higher at uh, in an astronomical pace, but it is still going higher. And that's obviously a problem, right, for a lot of people. Um, so uh, in terms of individual sectors, there's not a lot that's new here. We all know that gas prices are way higher now than they were a year ago. So energy is, 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 is you know, that, that sticks out like a sore thumb here, gasoline, fuel oil. Um, that all sticks out like a sore thumb. We all experience that at, at, at the at the pump every single week, right? Um, well,
2: wait—they said gas was one of the things that's actually gone down.
1: So, okay, it's possible. The the one thing that this doesn't show is oh, actually, no, it does show. I staying corrected. Yeah, you you can actually uh, look at this this second to last column, right, which shows December compared to November compared to October, right? So, it actually did go down. Right. Um month over month to month.
2: I I haven't it looked go into down. these numbers real quick, but just looking at, at it real quick, I mean you can see in, in December twenty one column, uh that three and a half percent for used cars and trucks, uh one point seven for apparel. I, I think that was the big I mean the, the we've been talking this about guy. it for a while, you know, used cars and trucks and new vehicles. Yep. Um are, are really the components that are, are driving the inflation higher than than a lot of other things. Yeah.
1: So the the, the good news on the gas front, as we put it on that, the good news is is it it went down from November, but the bad news is a lot of people just look at this this last this last far right column, and they see gas prices are forty one percent more expensive than they were a year ago. But you're right, it did it did, it did tick down uh, last month. Now, uh, used cars and, and trucks is is. Also, like the other ground zero for this, so a three point five percent increase in used cars and trucks month over month, not great. Apparel is very notable because why December, right? The end of the holiday shopping season, um, so um, apparel went up. That that, that that's no, that's notable. Um, and those are kind of your your biggest takeaways from this uh, for me. All in all, it was a pretty. It was a relatively quiet food, food is quiet, right? I mean, year over year, food prices are up six percent, right? a month over month they're up point five percent.
2: That's why I think I think these numbers and anytime you delve like deeper into the information and try to get a better understanding of something, um, a lot of times I find that it makes things less scary. Like seeing the seven percent year over year inflation number is scary. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when you actually get in the weeds and look at it and you see that it's driven primarily by a few different things, namely uh, new and used cars, gas, you know, it's like, all right, I I know that eventually um, the car manufacturers will produce more new cars once the chip shortage is is sorted out, which allegedly is happening right now. Um, And then when the new vehicles are being produced, that will drive used cars down. Um, So to me, it's promising seeing that it's not – you know seven percent increase across the the whole board because um, that would be a truer indicator of, yeah, uh, for me yeah. spencer of saying okay you know uh the dollar has really gotten seven percent weaker if, if everything across the board right. uh, was in line with that versus a couple things having uh way outside higher inflation than, than other components
1: so the headline that you're gonna see if you haven't already seen it today is that inflation is at a 40-year high right inflation at a 40-year high inflation up seven percent but as aaron just pointed out it's not really as bad as that. i mean it's not great right but it's not really as bad as that would that would indicate um and on the food thing the food is probably the the, the one that everyone sees and and feels the most especially now that people are working from home and they maybe not be driving as much um we all feel the food uh, the co- the cost of food increase right so look Did it go up last month? Yes. But it actually went up less than it did in the last three months. So silver lining? Maybe?
2: Yeah, I I think a a lot of economists are saying that they – uh, that we could be seeing kind of the peak of inflation soon and we'll and we'll be moving uh lower from there uh, we we've talked about this before, Spencer that economists. It's kind of a job that you can just be perpetually wrong and keep your job, so who knows it's, all, it's all like theorized um, but we will see yeah, we we're, we're all feeling uh Jay rice do you, I, I do i, I I, I actually do believe this. This, this data. is a whole other can of worms. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like if I don't believe this data, then I then we have nothing, right? If we don't have any numbers or like facts we can look at, then uh, you know I don't know what there is. But we we talked about this yesterday, Spencer. That a lot of people will say the CPI number is skewed, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then when it is higher, they're like, "See, I told you the CPI data <laughs> is higher." And it's like, "Wait, I thought you said that was a, a made up <laughs> metric." So I actually had that in real time with with Peter Schiff because I asked him about. Um, the CPI data like two days before they reported it a few months ago. Yeah. And he like went on this tangent about how the CPI is not legit. It's massaged. And then when the CPI did come in, this was like the first one, I think it was maybe eight months ago, that showed a lot of inflation. He was tweeting about it saying like... I told you so.
1: Yeah. Which you told me the number was bull. And then when it reaffirmed your theory... Yeah, it's not bull if it reaffirms your theory. Yeah. Um... Uh, jay come on i I think anyone is saying this is trans. i think we're we're law we're we're way past the transitory thing um
2: yeah but but but, but, but inflation's here and it's not it hasn't been transitory my whole point was when you look into the numbers and get deeper i think it it becomes a little bit less scary than just looking at the at the baseline number that you see in headlines yeah yeah, that was it yeah that's it
1: and like I, i guess maybe this is like me just being like a a politician and being playing middle ground, but like you, you can, you can believe that the number is not a a true representation and and you can also believe that, that, that it's not total bunk either. Right. Um, I think I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. Like it's not, I don't think it's total bunk. Um, But does it necessarily reflect the inflation that like I'm seeing in my everyday life? No. Is it worse for some people more than others? Yeah.
2: Um, but, uh, I, mean, I think another. I mean, and we don't have to stay on this too long, but I think there's just been um, some not so great like reporting about everything, you know, re- in regards to inflation. There was a story a couple weeks ago that CNN did about some family. Oh, that, I saw that. The milk thing. The milk thing. And then they. And then when you actually like this family said a year ago, milk was a dollar seventy a gallon. And now it's three fifty, and and CNN basically just ran with this story, didn't fact check anything, and then people came back and was like, well, milk prices are like you can just look it up in public knowledge, and a year ago, milk prices were certainly not a dollar fifty a gallon or whatever they said it was, but
1: no, but they were buying like twelve gallons of milk a week or something like that. That was
2: the other. Part and who buys story? twelve gallon yeah. gallons of milk a week? Yeah, but I'm I'm looking at uh, anyway. A, a graph right now of milk prices, and actually, right now, milk prices are cheaper than they were in September of 2014. There we go. I, I did
1: see a chart about the, the price of breakfast sausage is up 20 percent in the last couple years. Um, if you are a breakfast sausage person,
2: uh, but anyway, we can we can move away from that. Um, yeah, everyone in the chat here for Rod. Rod will be joining us. Hot Rod will be on at about five. Six minutes, we'll say. We've got a number of things to discuss, of course. um, Primarily GameStop on the, you know, we're at that point, the one-year anniversary of the big short squeeze of GameStop. So we'll be talking about Rod, about uh, what led to that, his findings. Um, Yeah. And, and yeah, I agree, boss. Without Rod, this stream would have been nothing. (laughs) But we do have Rod, so that makes it something. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, hey. You want to – I, I, I appreciate the feedback as always. My uh, so at one point today, Spencer, my Robinhood portfolio was up two hundred twenty nine dollars. Oh, no. What happened? And then uh, it was down three hundred forty. Now it's uh, back to two thirty. Okay. I don't know. I made a stupid option call on Facebook. I got faked out by the chart. It looked like Facebook <sighs> was going to like absolutely rip, um, and then it just kind of tanked. So really, the only thing that can save me is if we get like an afternoon run in Facebook. Or meta meta platform. I haven't that's
1: actually too. looked at Facebook yet today. It, it, it's doing it's doing what they're it's the, oh no it's down. Oh, that's interesting. I thought tech was up, and it is, but Facebook is not moving with it.
2: I know that's a bad sign. That's interesting. Some I hadn't relativity. I
1: hadn't seen that.
2: Um, yeah, Q's got a nice pop. I I did have I was up earlier when I, if I go back to my portfolio you can see I I had those TQQ calls that I. Uh, we spoke about yesterday, if you were here, we were on with David Green. David Green texted me. He told me the level he would sell them at. We hit that level, so I sold them. Good deal. Um, yeah, and then I, I took that money and put it into a not so great trade so far. But who knows? Anything could happen in this market. Anyway, here's, I, that, here's that Facebook chart, um, which
1: I am looking at for the first time today. So let's let's zoom out. Let's go to a daily on Facebook. Yo, com. Just trade the range here, right? I know we're down today, but I mean, you sell this thing at three fifty, you buy it back at 330, at three thirty, at three twenty, yeah. That's what I would do. So we're sort of in the middle of no man's land right now. So I probably wouldn't touch it. That's me. What else we got here? As always, guys, if you have questions, you have tickers you want us to opine on. Um, well, Leslie, what do you have against Robinhood? Maybe they, they did something bad to you, but, um, you know, easy to use. Yeah, I really. I mean, it's like <laughs> so.
2: It's easy for me to. Dude, it's easy to use. It's bottom line yeah. that that that's uh, what that's what show, separates them. I did get into these uh, take two calls, Spencer, that are up sixty two percent, but it was a, a much smaller position, so only up twenty eight bucks on it versus my Facebook. Oh. If all my positions were equal, I'd be uh, faring mm. a little bit better today. The, again, the end
1: game here. Is to get Aaron above the PDT threshold. What is it, 25?
2: Yeah. And look how close I was at one point. At my height, I was up eighteen grand. I, I, I never get how Robinhood does this because it says I'm like negative 320, which isn't right. Like I've I've only made money. But I think it's because I pulled I pulled some money out. Someone help me? Cause like how can it say I'm up 18 grand? but then only had 12000 in my account. Were you ever down? No. Well, maybe at one... Yeah, like yeah. Uh, here I was down... Yeah, you were down $6,000. No, 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 no. Yeah, That's how much I pulled. I was actually down... The number below oh. is like really what I was, down 50. Yeah, and know. then I was up 12, lost it all, got some back. I don't know. Lost some since then, but still... Like this is my all time. It says I'm up six grand, but then it says down over a hundred percent. I think because I pulled some out. Okay. I have no clue. I'll figure it out. Okay. because
1: uh, <laughs> you you all them my bad options trades. Um. Okay. Well, let's 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 keep an eye on the movers and keep an eye on the scanner and see. Do we have any other news? How is BioGen doing today? That was your crazy mover of the morning. B-I-B-I-I-B. I want to check on that. H- has it bounced at all? I really feel for everyone that this biogen, this move in biogen is nuts. Okay, so yes, it has bounced. It stopped going down. Let me show you this chart. This biogen chart is wacko. Okay, or as David Green would say, wackadoodle. All right. So this is a, a one-year chart of biogen. This crazy candle from a year ago, well, not a year ago, seven months ago, right? June of last year. How high it got to four hundred and sixty-eight dollars on the quote-unquote approval of Adjahelm, their Alzheimer's drug. Four sixty-eight. It went from um, two days prior. It went from uh, two the two seventies, two sixties to four. It went up two hundred dollars, basically in two days. And now today we are dramatically lower than where we started, and it's because uh, the drug is really not going to be available to a lot of people. It's not going to be uh, – frankly, it's very expensive, it's, it, it, and you, you can only get it if you uh, are in a clinical trial for this drug uh, to get covered by uh, Medicare and Medicaid. Um, so it's expensive. It's not selling well. It seems like it's been doomed from the start. But what a ridiculous chart this Do you is! You know,
2: I, I keep hearing that this drug is controversial. Is yeah. it like the efficacy, like the actual um, effectiveness of the drug, is in effect, or is it yeah. more from like s- bad side effects? So, it's, so
1: it's both. It, both. It, it, okay. It's both. It got it got like a conditional approval. It got like uh, the FDA approved it, but then, then they said we we're only approving this as long as you can show us. In another trial, that it that it's safe, and that, that defeats the purpose of it. So there was like a bunch of people that were uh, on the FDA's uh, uh, advisory committee that resigned because they were like, "This this decision is is, is bullshit, frankly." Um, and now now there's a massive need for this drug. There's no treatment or cure for Alzheimer's, so it's a huge market. But this one doesn't seem to be it. Also, when they when they first. Um, announced the price it was fifty six thousand dollars for the year that's
2: insane no drug should be that expensive that's insane also and, and then
1: they cut it in half which is helpful but still like twenty eight grand you know who's got that kind of money
2: um uh in, in the chat rod's gonna be joining us in, in like, t-minus 60 seconds yes, like thir- i just want to just want to wrap up this biogen uh i was joking with spencer yesterday i was like i'm no you know biotech expert but anytime a drug is you know, labeled as controversial, Yeah, probably not a great sign, probably not a great, uh, yeah. you know, PR, probably a fiasco over there. But All right. The people don't want to hear about that. People want Rod. All right, if you don't know Rod, Rod is the co-founder of GMEDD.com, um, of course, doing some deep due diligence and research into GameStop well before the short squeeze, which happened a year ago today? A year tomorrow. Ago well, it started tomorrow. It started? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll talk to Rod. Rod probably knows. All right. Let's find out. Without further ado, bringing on Rod. <music> Boom. Rod, how are we doing? It's been too long. It's been a
3: minute, guys. How are you?
2: Good. It's, and uh, also, sorry quite, for.
3: It's not quite the one year anniversary of uh, the mania, if you will, but it was. Uh- today the 12 yesterday was the one-year anniversary as ryan cohen noted of the board settlement
2: mm. so that was kind of like the first domino you could say it well was, maybe the I, first I domino was...
3: it, yeah yeah i referred to it as the, at the time as a bloodless
0: poo
2: <laughs> got it well so rod we'll, we'll, we'll get right into GameStop, and then of course uh you, you know some other things as well i should have mentioned while introducing you rod is also the managing uh, director of Wook Capital, so we'll talk about Wook Capital in a sec as well.
1: The chat is all over you. Chat, chat loves you, Rod. They love you. The people. Let's go. So, uh, Rod, I, I, I'm just curious. Like, as you look back now, it's been it's been about a year, right? As you look back at like that whole saga, because e- even if you even if you can say the saga hasn't yeah. ended yet, you know that period of time definitely that. Is, is definitely ended right uh, at least you know for now so as you, as you look back at all like how do you look back at that? how do you think about that whole period of time i yeah crazy? i mean
3: it i remember you guys had me on you know about a year ago and it felt like every time you had me on there would just be luke would be like it'd be it's halted again it's halted again it was just insane it, it that january was clearly one of the most monumental moments in market in recent market history i mean it, sure. it, obviously the the whole gme it's a, it's an operating business. We can talk about the operating business, but what happened with that mania in January? You know, millions of people signing up for new Robinhood, other you know brokerage accounts because they wanted to be a part of this thing. That thing was something that I never envisioned happening. I don't think anyone who was a, a fundamentals oriented investor in GameStop or any of the other names that kind of became associated with the meme movement viewed as likely or, or as something that they would ever see happening. Uh, it, it really did just profoundly shift the, a lot of narratives. It's left some lingering. you know some people have some feelings about it. obviously, you mentioned it's not over. Um, do they think there's some stuff going on behind the scenes still? Um, we could talk about that angle of it. but now, a year later, uh, what, we, you know I much prefer to talk about the fundamentals, and I do think that the business is rapidly transforming itself, unlike some of the other memes out there in the world.
2: Well, so, so Rob, let's take it back a sec to even before a year ago. I mean, a, a lot of this, um, you know, everything that happened in GameStop was kind of, I'm not going to say foreseen, but some of the uh, valuations and stuff were pointed out by guys like yourself, like uh, Roaring Kitty. Um, so I've got a few questions. First first of all, when, when did you start uh, GMEDD.com? I, I know it was kind of well before the short squeeze, but I, f- I forget exactly when that was.
3: Uh, actually it, it wasn't. So G- the GMEDD.com was a, a direct byproduct of, of a lot of retail investors, of which I, I am one, who, who felt like there was a, a deliberative, intentional muting of all things, open discussion around GameStop. Like As November and December 2020 rolled around, Um, The amount of bot attacks on both Reddit, StockTwits, et cetera, other social media sites. My perception was from folks who were on the other side of the trade to try and shut down discourse. So the purpose of GMEDD.com was to have an open platform that no one could shut down to enable that discourse. We added an open source financial model, open source report. Like everything was intentionally done such that here's the information that dozens of us have gathered over the years. And here's what we see, right? We laid out a bull case price target with a mean price target. It was $169.42. Yeah, that was a mean number, but the analysis and the research underpinning it was not a mean. And the market by and large over the last year has agreed with us. Um, We put out the report kind of purposefully as a counter program to when Andrew left at Citroën had said, you know, it's going to go back to 20 fast, right? And obviously it didn't. And it never has, and it never will. Uh, But that was very purposely done to try and counter what we perceived as just media, you know, whether you want to call it mainstream media, whatever, kind of really keeping the real dialogue around GameStop's fundamental situation um, on mute. And we said, you know what, you can't press the mute button if we have our own website.
4: Aha.
2: Oh, yeah, I think it was maybe it was your first original stock twits post about GameStop that I was thinking of that was like... uh...
3: My first stock to it supposed to get about GameStop was some point in early 2018. So,
2: yeah, that's what I remember. I, I remember yeah, yeah. You, were, you were doing DD, you were like doing uh, some deep research on GameStop, like well before all this unfolded. Yeah. Um, so, I'm curious, what was like the original your original inclination that, like okay, I need to look into this? I need to look at the balance sheet. I need to look at what's going on.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, I've shared the story a little bit. Um, I had owned GameStop before 2017 when I was uh, in my early teens. You know, I've always been a big time nerd, always interested in financial markets. So when I was a teenager and my dad had a custodial account set up, I had actually bought GameStop before they bought Electronics Boutique in the early 2000s. So I was familiar with the business. You know, Fast forward, like I sold when I had to go to college and needed money for you know tuition and room and board um, in like 2006 or so. But fast forward to 2017 and I, I viewed it as it looks like this is an undervalued security. Obviously, it continued to decline in price over the course of 18, 19, and into 20. Um, you know, 19 is when you know, Michael Burry had his famous Barons interview that I think got a lot of folks interested in the ticker again when it was around four um, dollars. Roaring Kitty, of course, deep fucking value. You know, however, we want to talk about Keith. You know, he put on his options trades largely, I think, in that summer of 2019. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just a buildup over time. It was, you know, there, there's a lot more to the story. I have a couple of podcasts that I've recorded. Like, I put one out in December of 2020. And interestingly, the low, the the local low, right? The price closed at 1272 that that day we recorded it. And I remember the guys interviewing me were like, kind of Reddit guys, and they were like, you know, aren't you nervous? And I'm like, mm, you, you guys don't realize I've been in this for years and and I've done my DD. I'm not worried about it.
2: Yeah, you're le- you're less nervous when you have that information at your back and, and yeah, you can call you can call Keith whatever you want to just don't call him a cat. He's not exactly. a cat.
3: He's, he's definitely not a cat.
1: He's not a cat. He does like the um,
2: stock. But Rod, so I mean this this he does, he does <laughs> like the stock. This last year has been undoubtedly crazy for for anyone in retail investing. Um I mean, did we ever get to a point where you kind of thought to yourself, um, like, all right, this is getting like a little overdone or maybe GameStop is getting a little overvalued here. I mean, do, do you think kind of yeah. this, the storyline got away from the original storyline that that you and uh, Keith had both originally identified, just that this stock is tremendously undervalued?
3: Yeah, it did, right? Like that week in January a year ago, that last week, it morphed into a mania, right? When Chamath was tweeting about buying call options on GameStop, when then Elon, of course, famously tweeted GameStonk. Um, on the chart, I think it was, if you look at the green candle before the um, the mega jump, it was that afternoon after the close that, uh, you know, Elon tweeted GameStop and that literally added over $10 billion in market cap at, at, at the snap of a, or at the click of a tweet. So, so during that week, you know, I, I again, I, I had a podcast recorded with Bloomberg, the odd lots team, the morning of Thursday, January 28th, and while it hit its all time high intraday, we recorded the podcast, myself, Joe Paul Tracy Holloway. So, you know, listen to that, just to hear the emotion in my voice, watching the ticker while I'm trying to have a, you know, a cogent conversation with these, these two really sharp journalists, um, you know, while the stock was literally on a moon mission and, and it, it did get ahead of itself, right? You had this this the SEC report that came out a few months back, I think you can boil it down to it wasn't you know, a gamma squeeze. It wasn't a short squeeze. It was a really insane shift in the sentiment around the stock, largely on the retail side that sh- saw a massive flood of buying and it morphed and it eventually did become a mania, but it was fundamentally a shift in sentiment that drove things. And it was the fastest shift in sentiment that we've ever seen before. And I think that our research helped enable that because they can see these are people that have worked on this for years, who've done their work, who are saying, you know, the sell side is saying one thing. Um, There's really only one sell side analyst, Stephanie, you know, with Jeffries, who's said anything like, yeah, I think she has a $175 price target right now on it, if I'm correctly. And, and at the time she had said, you know, there is a, a reason why the stock is undervalued back when it was at lower levels. But by and large, everyone, even today, it's like you've got the Anthony Chacumbas of the world at Luke who don't even cover the name anymore, says it's nonsensical. And it's like, well, man, you're just saying that because you refuse to actually contemplate that what they're doing is going to lead this to a successful transformation. You're just assuming that what's on the income statement today is, is what's always going to be there. And if you're looking backwards, that's just not how you analyze security. You have to look forward and you have to incorporate all known information when in you're in your making those assessments. And I just didn't think people were doing that in media by and large. So you know, I'm very proud of, of what I think we've done and, and what I hope that it's going to lead to um, and, and has led to.
2: Yeah, well, it, it's been a crazy story, and you've kind of been at, at the center of a lot of it. Um, we've got some good questions rolling in the chat, Spencer. Mom, do you have something?
1: You know, I w- I wanted to ask right about the other day, right about the 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 report from the 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 journal about you know detailing with with some specificity, right? GameStop's NFT you know operations and and and, and crypto op- mm-hmm. uh, um, ambitions, right? And uh, uh, you know, obviously, the idea of that. Has been out there so i i, I would love you your your takes your take on the reaction on the the market's reaction to that article because it seemed like i happened to just be on wall street bets when the article dropped and people were like oh this isn't even new news we already knew about this you know but then they there the stock was going it was going as if it was new news so like i just what what, what is your take on that
3: yeah totally some of it was marginally new information but i totally agree by and large it's been known like the nft.gamestop.com has been out since i think it was may of 2021 so i mean many 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 months they've had made it publicly known that they're they're seeking creators they're seeking players and gamers to be a part of this um maybe the quantity like the 20 plus full-time employees dedicated to the project wasn't known Right, that, that they um, Barron's reporter followed up that they had explored an acquisition of ring, a level two Ethereum solution that we believe and NGMEDD has for months reported on that. We believe they're going to be incorporating into whatever this marketplace product is that they're building to enable, you know, gasless. like if I look at Guay right now on Ethereum, it's like 300 plus has been insane to start off the year. Um, but you know, the, the, the gas fees to it to transact on the Ethereum blockchain are very high and gamestop's been working on a solution with loop ring and there's others i'm sure that was in the reporting to enable low or no gas activity in blockchain and and again that that's all like that's all known though i mean it it had been reported so to me the price reaction was really overblown it was very strange i know there's all these kind of conspiracy theories out there i'm not really gonna touch on um but it still does trade like a meme. It still does trade heavily correlated with AMC and with other companies that don't actually have any sort of fundamental transformation going on or any connection to the underlying fair market value, in my opinion. So it's still trading like a meme, even though I I don't think it is uh, actually a meme.
2: Got it. Um, Rada. another company that we've discussed uh, with you on on this stream before has been Playboy. We actually had Playboy's CEO, uh, Ben Cohn, on the show about a month ago. Spencer, I believe. Uh, I think it was
1: a, about a month or so ago. Yeah. Yeah. Early. So, early somewhere. December. I don't know. Time is a circle. But.
2: Um, do you have any new like DD insights on Playboy or any other stocks out there that you're kind of researching, thinking, hey, this this looks kind of undervalued or anything along those lines?
3: Yeah, Playboy is another one that a lot like GameStop. If you look at its financial statements, if you look at the financials in isolation, you'd be like, why why do you see an opportunity here? You guys have Ben on. Ben was at the ICR conference um, sharing kind of an update uh, yesterday. I think you can hear that recording at the Playboy Investor's page. Um, Lance, the CFO, is going to be on on Friday. But I, I was on Ben Benzinga. I remember earlier this year talking about Playboy and, and I brought it up. I think it was in March. Um, it's, it's had an interesting run over the course of the of last year. You know, Kind of had a crazy um, moon mission in April when they announced they were going to be exploring NFTs. Uh, and they they've done several different nft launches over the course of 2021 um you know stock went up to 60 down back down to 20 ish up then to 40 back down to you know low mid 20s right now um but but when you actually look at okay i don't i don't care about just looking at a price chart right so so when you look at that price chart you're like what there's a lot going on but there's actually been a lot fundamentally that's going on in in this chart right so they they were a a d spec they didn't necessarily have the dilutive warrants associated with their SPAC merger when they came public. So from a dilution perspective, you, know, you, you don't have that overhang of a ton of warrants outstanding. Um, they, After they saw the price appreciate significantly, they were able to, to opportunistically raise some capital in the 40s. They bought Honey Burdette, which is a luxury lingerie and uh, brand lifestyle brand based out of Australia. Um, a lot of you know, creators like to wear Honey Bridet uh, attire, but they they acquired a design team that Playboy is now going to leverage that design team to create Playboy branded swim swimwear and and, and nightwear. Um, they in October you you see the uh, jump um, in up to the left of November on the chart when it jumped up from those low twenty levels. They acquired a company called Dream, which they are launching a platform called centerfold. It's in a soft launch right now. If you go to centerfold.com and it's Ben is trying to position it. Ben Cohen's CEO is trying to position it as kind of in between Instagram and OnlyFans. It's not going to have the hardcore pornography that is on OnlyFans. It's going to be more tasteful than that, but it's going to not have the creator censorship like Instagram where women and, and men have to worry about their accounts getting banned and all their followers deleted because they posted a nipple or whatever. So uh, Ben's making this creator platform. This is the digital foray for Playboy. It's kind of going to be this top of funnel flywheel where creators are creating whatever it is that they want you know, within the terms that Playboy worked with them to create. They're going to be able to post their content, have subscriptions similar to OnlyFans in that regard, You know, a very high margin platform business. But for Playboy, the kind of secret sauce is you already have you know a design team in Honey Burdett. You have a distribution network in terms of Playboy's DCs you have an e-commerce platform. So if I'm a creator and I want to build my own brand, right? They brought Cardi B on as creative director. And while we haven't heard much from her publicly, presumably Cardi's trying to launch her own, you know, cosmetics line, right? Like Rihanna has with the Fenty. So Rihanna, whether she co collaborates with Playboy's design team now to create her own swimwear line. I think there's, it's interesting when you look at what they've accumulated and it's not yet on the income statement. So it's like, you're potentially very early to the party when it comes to Playboy. Um, and then when you look at the chart recently, look, all of these kind of high growth story stocks have been taking it on the chin because of the interest rate concerns and inflation concerns at the Fed. So you've seen this factor shift, right, from you know, growth toward value and quality. And for now, their financial statements don't reflect value and quality. But uh, it's among my largest positions. I've been in the name. I've been accumulating. I look forward to seeing the story play out over the next few years i think it's going to be a 10 billion dollar plus enterprise um, wow. in a couple of years
1: yeah one thing i've learned about newsflow is it, it it's quiet until it's not and you, you don't hear anything until shit, five months go by oh wait here we, we have an update for you you know and then oh, oh whoa whoa i forgot all about this from five months ago so um. Yeah, it's quiet until it's not. Uh, I I don't want to ignore the chat. The chat's flying with, with questions. There's, um, this is one from Mickey. I thought was interesting. Um, um uh, question for Rod. Speaking of the theories, what's going on? I think we're we're back to GameStop here. Uh, what's going on with the price action around earnings? Seems to be the same cycle every time.
3: Man, GameStop earnings every freaking time. It just feels like it falls off a cliff. They report earnings and it tanks. Um, it, it's felt that way for years. I don't know that there's much more to it than, of late at least, I think maybe even investors, uh, some more of these, maybe less um, experienced retail investors are buying call options ahead of earnings yeah. with an anticipation of one thing. And then you, you maybe get that kind of slippage where, well, uh, now I'm selling and it kind of, leads to cascading selling because the results you know the company's been very mum right like the company has issued very terse statements at at the last few earnings calls they're like we're not going to telegraph what we're doing but i think if you've listened closely and paid close attention you understand it's broadening our SKU selection broadening our product categories that we participate in growing our private label business on you know pc related hardware, accessories, et cetera, in addition to the digital initiatives that they, they I believe they are working on making this a you know your primary destination. If you're thinking of anything gaming or pop culture or collectibles related, you're going to GameStop first. And in the interim, they're going to forsake margin. They're going to forsake percent margin, at least they're going to grow margin dollars, though, by growing the top line. But I think you're going to see margin percent continue to compress a little bit. Um, partially a function of mix, right? Pre-owned gaming has been their legacy bread and butter business for decades. Um, we all know that is continuing to decline, potentially in a terminal decline. Um, so I, I don't know what to say about earnings. It, it just it's like every time it's like a punch in the face.
1: <laughs> oh, wait. You know what I haven't done is I have not looked at the calendar. I don't even know when they report. I think they're, I think they're like later. I think they're usually off cycle, I feel like, but I, I could be wrong. It might not even be confirmed yet.
3: Yeah, they're going to report some point in March. Um, They should be reporting. They've historically reported holiday sales results right around now. So whether they're going to continue to do that or with this new team that's kind of very cagey about information disclosure, opt not to. I I don't know the answer to that. But um, they they do have a fiscal year like most specialty retailers where they end the year Jan 31, and uh, they'll report in March for fourth quarter.
1: Got it. Got it. Um, All right. Do we have any like actual questions that like Rod can answer that are not about like other people, or like I don't want to have. I had
2: a joke I was gonna make. I mean, Rod mentioned Playboy launching uh, Centerfold. I was just gonna make a joke. I I was gonna say I think Playboy launched Centerfold a a while ago, but different different product.
1: That's a not that I (laughs) would. No,
2: i you I read Playboy for the articles, okay? That people used to say that. Like I I think back in the day there were some like years where Playboy actually had some like good editorial content. Um and, and I think and that I they're gonna know.
3: recreate that. And I think that the other part is people think of Playboy and have a very maybe in the in the in the, looking back, it's like, Oh, what what is Playboy? It's a magazine. Well, no, they haven't published a magazine since before COVID. So it's no longer a media really? and, a and company. They haven't published yeah, Playboy magazine, hasn't no
2: no, they. Should I did not know them. that.
3: They
1: were losing money on the magazine. Yeah, I think uh, that. Was, I think that was a couple. Was. Yeah, I think that was like 2019.
2: Well, Rod, my my last question from you was just going to be. I know we mentioned NFTs, talking about um, Playboy, but I, I just wanted to kind of get your gauge on NFTs and, and what's going on with NFTs in general right now. um yeah. Is your is your profile picture on on Twitter an NFT? Yeah, that is a
3: that is a rabbitar. That's one of the. Playboy minted 11,953 of them in October in honor of their 1953 year of founding. So the Rabbitars are there. Um, They've talked about them as a potential form of Playboy Club membership. So Rabbitars, so far, they've done a party in New York City that Rabbitars got access to, a party in Miami at Art Basel. So they did NFT NYC, Art Basel in Miami, these two live party events that I unfortunately didn't have the opportunity to attend, but speaking of folks who went, um, they were a blast. The, there's access to. Um, they're going to be doing, I think, digital parties. Like they're going to have musicians, uh, comedians hosting, you know, parties at a digital Playboy Mansion, so to speak. So it's a mix of real world and digital world benefits, right? If you go and right click save my my profile pic, you're not going to get access to those benefits. Obviously, people joke around with NFTs like that, but it is in fact a form of. You know, I own this token that's providing me these incremental
4: real world and digital world benefits. Yeah.
2: Got it. And then, just on the NFT space in general, like, are you are you bullish the NFT space? Do you think uh, I'm always just curious? I
3: think I think most NFTs go to zero. I think most NFTs are are worthless. I think most NFTs are speculative tokens. That said, there are many NFTs that will survive. um, A small, you know, bucket of them that have real utility, whether it's in the form of a community that's been built, right? BAYC, of course, um, CryptoPunks, you know, those kind of as OG tokens, I think it built some impressive communities that I think will survive an NFT winter, um, but there's so many where it's just, it's a scam, it's a rug, it's, we're doing this just to try and monetize if I'm a, you know, if I'm a celebrity, I'm just trying to mint as many NFTs as I can and take advantage of it while, strike while the uh, iron's hot. And, and there's nothing that stands behind it. But the reason why I'm very bullish on Playboys in particular is they've articulated that Web3 is how they view the company operating into the future. It's a creator-oriented economy that we're shifting towards, um, that crypto and blockchain do enable in ways that weren't possible maybe in this kind of legacy world. Ben Cohen at Playboys has been very bullish on it for, for most of 21. I think the team has done a lot behind the scenes. I know they've um, they've teed up that there's a big announcement coming on Friday pertaining to the rabbit cars, So I look forward to hearing about that.
2: Beautiful. Yeah. I, I honestly, I agree with a lot of your sentiment there. We, I agree with all of it. We talked <laughs> we, we talk to a guy who's in the like minor league baseball and he has his own NFT project. And part of it was, you know, if you buy one of these, you can come get like special access to one of these minor league games or whatever. So anything like that, that can get you some real world uh, value yeah. access to a community, like you mentioned, I think is cool. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, what's the utility here? I agree with all that. I'm
1: super. I'm cautiously optimistic on Web3. I'm very excited for it. But, oh, Web3 will have like
2: big use cases. I think it's just too it's early. So early. Yeah, it's like, it's like we didn't, yeah. in 2000, people didn't right. know how the internet was going to be used to reshape business and the economy. Right. Right. Uh, so in the same way, we, we really don't know with Web3 now, but we'll have a better idea in a exactly. few years. Um, but Rod, it was a pleasure to have you back on. Uh, hopefully, we can get you on again soon. You know, Anytime there's updates, either in the GameStop story, in Playboy, anything else. Uh, that you're researching or or finding, you know, info about, just reach out to us and we'd love to get you back on.
3: Yeah, you guys will see me uh, in a documentary that's coming out shortly on GameStop in the next few weeks, so keep your eyes peeled.
1: Where where will I see that? Do you know? Netflix? Are you allowed to say? I
3: can't can't say much. I can say it'll be on a big screen somewhere before it's on a small screen. That's all I'm going to say.
2: Okay. Okay. So AMC, GameStop, uh, collab. Collab. I don't know. We'll see. He did. He also, Rod. I was gonna mention. I gotta go back and I think I listened to that Odd Lots episode at the time, but maybe it'd be fun to do that like a year later. Go back and listen to it. Um, and and I love uh, Joe and Tracy. We were actually supposed to have them on this show. But I think Tracy was like in Hong Kong and had trouble with her internet or something. So I don't know. By the way, uh,
1: Rod made the best of Benzingo YouTube 2021 video. I'm going to put the link in the chat uh, if uh, if you if you missed it. Rod Rod, Rod made it, made a cameo because uh, his interview was one of the best of 2021 on our channel. So Rod Altman, a pleasure, man. Have a great rest of your day. Great rest of your week. Thanks for coming on.
3: Thanks for having me on, guys. Look for be back on soon.
1: All right. Uh, I know we have our next guest on in a couple of minutes, but b- before we do, I, I just wanted to uh, – there are some questions in the chat about Benzinga and about GameStop. Let, let me just show you guys. Um, this is Benzinga Pro, and this is a news feed, and I just filtered it for GameStop by searching for GME, right? These are all – I'm going I get there? These are all the GME – headlines and articles. There is a difference, right? Uh, A headline has no body, has no text. It's just a headline that lives here on our paid platform and an article that also lives on Benzica.com, right? Um, That is not behind a paywall, okay? Uh, So we do a lot of, of, of coverage of this stock. And why do we do a lot of coverage? Because it is more often than not, one of the trending stocks of the day. How do we know that? We we have data to see what stocks, what tickers people are searching for on our platform, right? We can see, oh, for example, um, you know, I'm making this up, but oh, GameStop and Tesla and Biogen, whatever, are like the three most searched stocks today. People are looking for um, news or commentary about them. We, We need to do that right so this is this is why we post the amount of gamestop content that we do as far a lot of it frankly is just um you know the top wall street bets mentions of the day for example right this is just one from from december 31st this is a headline not an article um and and with regards to to the bias frankly we go with the market right if gamestop is going to be if gamestop is ripping higher we will post headlines or articles that try to explain why it's going higher. If it's going lower, we will post content that tries to explain why it's going lower. We're, we don't have an, an agenda. It's easy to think that we do, but we really, we really don't. I mean, we we go with the market. Um, that, that's the bottom line. Okay, no one here owns GameStop. No one here is short GameStop. We. We go where the price action leads us, uh, and we try to look for, we try to understand the price action. Right, that's the bottom line. So, you know, we're not for the stock, we're not against the stock, we're not for or against any stock. You know, you know, I have things that, that I'm rooting for, but like Benzinga as a company is not for or against any stock.
2: Right, um, we just try to follow the price action. I, I I'm I, trying to think if we have any uh, like direct competitors that are public. Because then we would be against those stocks.
1: Oh, oh! I see what you're saying. Um, I'm just. Well, yeah. Forbes is Is Forbes backing? I think
2: wasn't there a Bloomberg? uh, We 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 would be we would be against Forbes. We'd be against Forbes. We'd be against. uh, Um,
1: I don't know. There aren't that many public. We don't have any competitors really that are like BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed's
2: not a competitor. I don't think BuzzFeed's a competitor (laughs) to us. Maybe if we started doing more. uh, like, hey, take these ten questions and find out what stock you are. We could do more Buzzfeed. Should
1: questions. we start doing like like, like the listicle? like, what stock are you? Yeah, what stock
2: are you? <laughs> some Buzzfeed type. Maybe that's not the worst idea. Do you like any metals? Eh, um, not really. I, I
1: like Metallica.
2: That's, a, um, that's about all I got. There is some rare like earth metals that people really like right now: palladium, lithium. I just don't know. I'm not like an expert. We'll. we'll Spencer, remind me or Shelly, someone out there remind me that we need to get like a rare metals expert on in the next do that. week or so. We can do that. All right. All right.
1: It's twelve thirty one. We have our next guest lurking
2: backstage, Every Knight from uh Valens Should we get Everett Knight on the show? Let's do it. Yes. Well, hold on, let's see if Everett gives us like a thumbs up or something that he's he's ready to come on. Oh, oh forget
1: the thumbs up. Let's just bring him on when he's not even paying attention. He's ready.
5: There he is. Hey guys, hey, how's it going? going today?
1: Good, good. How are you doing today?
5: Hey, doing great. Also a big fan of Metallica. So um, nice. um, starting on the right note.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. The, the, someone who you know—that's my opinion on on the metals. I, I I like Metallica um, above above all else. But uh, anyway, every night um, before we proceed any further, if someone watching has absolutely no idea what uh, who you work for and what you do how would you explain to them
5: uh i'm a drug dealer um i, ah! am, <laughs> I am Everett Knight. i'm executive vice president of uh, corporate development and capital markets for a company called the Valence company and uh, we are the largest manufacturer of uh, cannabis products in canada so um it's legal drug dealing um i guess i should frame uh on, on this show but um, i would say that uh, i've spent uh, the better part of my career as a portfolio manager uh in the small cap space and then uh, launched the first long only institutional cannabis fund in Canada and uh now um am selling drugs at uh at
1: so y- you made the leap you were a finance guy you were an investor and you actually made the leap to to a company right like like, like I'm always fascinated by that like that's how bullish you were where you actually like in a way you switch careers right um so like talk about that like I'm also bullish cannabis but it's been a pretty rough go of it in the last 12 months so um yeah talk about that for a second
5: yeah you know valens was my top pick and uh, i like to say i picked my horse in in the race but um you know it's it's something i've been passionate about for a while and you know it's been a volatile year uh and if investors you know investors aren't happy with the returns in any cannabis stock uh pretty much in in 2021 and i think that's a global uh, movement rather than the fundamentals long-term in the space. I mean, you know, i still think as a, you know, come from the small cap side, are you going to find better growth in a marketplace over the next 10 years? I don't think so. Um, when you have a defined black market and you have a, you have a consumer that's already here and all you're doing is just legalizing it, you know, you know, the U S going from 21, uh, billion in revenue to hundred billion you in Canada, um, we're on track to do 4.25 billion legally. But it's a 10 billion dollar black market i think this is the journey we're on but we have a fine consumer base but we have you know double digit growth and i think that you know from from my standpoint i think it remains one of the best uh garp investments uh today and and you know that's the reason i you know joined valens um and uh, also i think it's uh, broader it helps people right i think that there's a lot of industries and um but uh, this one is uh i think a net benefit to society
1: GARP being growth at a reasonable price. Uh, Everett, I, I was sort of like lamenting the. Re- I was thinking about this, you know, at some point a few months ago. But like the the reaction when, uh November of 2020, right, when it was clear that the Democrats were going to sweep, and there was this assumption, oh yeah, definitely going to get cannabis legalization it, it it may even happen tomorrow for all we know right and like you know the whole sector like ripped higher and i and i got to ride the wave up and then i got to ride the wave back down um and in hindsight it was like oh maybe we shouldn't have jumped the gun there <laughs> i mean we we're, we're now almost two we're you know we're on our second year here and it, and it has the sentiment changed there or
5: You you know, I think what people did is got ahead of themselves, right? Like, you got to look at if you have a three to five year time horizon, I think there's a high probability that legalization can happen in the U.S., right? And I think what happened is that, you know, everyone expected it tomorrow. uh, But, um, you know, if you set expectations and look at even the state progress, there's state legalizing cannabis every day. Look at the legislation initiatives of U.S. states next year. It's still growing. Right. And and you, you look at Colorado seven years later. Uh, what a great cannabis market for that. So if you look at the roadmap, um, even in mature states, I think that people can say, look, you know, uh, don't look at this as a quarter time rise and look, at this is a long term and never bet on regulations, uh, but look at the fundamentals and, you know, the EV revenue multiples of this space today yeah. um, compared to other growth sectors and where they're trading. I, I just don't know EV to revenue multiples with uh, the, the percentage growth we're going to see um, in the next few years.
1: Yeah, betting on betting on legislation is typically a, well, re- a I, recipe for for disappointment. I think I've, legis- I've learned this.
2: I think the legislation side of, of it is interesting because everyone's, of course, looking for that, uh, you know, federal legalization that will allow companies to to operate um, between states and whatnot. But it seems like it's kind of inching along, right? Like we had the Republican bill that uh what was it decriminalized
1: yeah yeah you you, you know
2: stuff like so I I think instead of it being just like a binary thing we're kind of inching toward that um and I'd be curious you know what happens in 2022 after the midterms at least here in the U.S like if if the Republicans take control maybe they'll know oh hey we can we'll we'll look really good right here if we're the ones that do this instead of the Democrats who promise to do it
5: yeah I think you guys uh for politicians and, and in my you know my opinion Um, People can win the election uh, based on legalizing cannabis and what party can do that. I think it's such a powerful thing. If you look at majority of Americans, I think that this should be legalized in the U.S. Um, And you make a great point. Like, I think we make progress behind the scenes, whether it's, you know, safe banking and other bills going on. I think you uh, see some people you actually can bank. Right. Let's let the industry be able to bank at big banks and then let's let's be able to have some of these companies come to NASDAQ. We're unique because we're in Canada, so we actually just listed on the NASDAQ. I think we have a little bit of an opportunity, but um, now uh, now we're trying to take that and look at that US marketplace, which uh, regardless I think makes benefit. I think 2022 is a banner year uh, going into November 2022 midterms.
1: Yeah, th- that's a great point you make as far as just the, the NASDAQ listing and being in Canada, because that's a whole other can of worms really for, that, that you have to deal with, right? Or maybe not you per se, but like other cannabis companies would have to deal with, right? It is the whole listing thing and and y- you can't touch the plant if you're in the US, but if you're in Canada, that's a whole different story, right? So um, you, the, one of the reasons we uh, uh, got in touch, um, Everett, was because a couple weeks ago, you believe you guys also had some news. You announced a partnership with uh, MTL uh, for uh, extraction and manufacturing uh, of pre rolls, so tell us about uh, about this partnership.
5: Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, we both do our own brands, which is probably going to be seventy five to eighty five percent of our revenue next year, as well as B two B manufacturing. Uh, we're we're an ally uh, to some of the largest companies in Canada. Uh, MTL is actually you know a really craft producer with a cult following. Uh, we love the the people and the company, and what we're going to be doing that for them is uh, pre roll manufacturing and vapes. Um, I think it's a, a great way to fill utilization of your facility, um, driving revenue. Um, and, and for us, it, you know, it's not the it's not the last partnership for us. I think we're looking forward to obviously uh, uh, getting those core partners entering uh, entering 2022.
1: Yep. And then just ever something that I uh, hear a lot, and I would love to to get your take, you know um, is the biggest argument I always hear, the most recurring argument I always hear a, against cannabis is up oh, it's a commodity, it's a flower, it's easy to grow right can you can you give me some ammo here for 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 what I say to that
5: it, yeah I, I'd say that it's it's one, it's a consumer good first, right if you look at it at the end product, right people are um, actually uh, developing consumer interest and differentiation based on cannabis, where, you know, if you look at uh, normal commodities, really, uh, you know, it, it's just it's more of a grading system where, you know, it's the terpene qualitative process and everything else. With that said, I, I think that, you know, the, the value chain, if you look at Canada, we do not cultivate today because there's an overabundance of flour in the marketplace. And I think as you look at this become an agricultural industry, You know, we've developed the model of being more contract growers, like uh, big CPG companies like Driscoll, where if you've had uh, Driscoll, Strawberries and Raspberries, um, you know the model where they actually have the genetics and they put it to the farmers and then they go and buy the best ones to keep that brand consistent. And, you know, I think every market's going to be different and every state's going to be different where some are going to be undersupplied and oversupplied. Uh, But I think that uh, overall, I think this is a consumer good um, obviously, and people are differentiating. There's people paying a hundred dollars per gram for a product versus one dollar gram. I I think that it's important to know why they're differentiating. What are the key characteristics, whether it's terpene profile, THC percentage, uh, or product, uh, portfolio. And I think that, um, this is, this is very different than a commodity. Uh, but at the same time, um, I think that you got to pick your spots in each marketplace. And then, um, you, you, uh,
1: company, you know, we mentioned you guys are Canadian, you're in Canada, but you're among the many Canadian companies that are, that are making their way into the US via acquisition, uh, which you did so uh, last year. So can you like, talk a little bit about your, your US expansion plans?
5: Yeah, so we, we had the first puzzle piece uh, with a company called Green Roads. It's one of the largest CBD companies uh, down in the US. I think uh, many people have seen it, it as one of the most uh, online-focused uh, platforms in the us from a consumer standpoint and you know what we like about them is um you know the quality of the product in in us cbd market today with the lack of regulations quality is an issue we need to solve this as uh as a whole uh i would say industry and what uh, green roads has is some of the highest quality cbd in the industry and consistency for their product and uh you know they have a pharmaceutical uh formulated um obviously uh, um, process that goes through it so that's the first stage was to go in CBD, which is legal today that we can have in storefronts across the US. Uh, we, they're in over 50 states. And then the second kind of piece that I think you see in 2022 is us uh, go and start looking at that THC strategy as legalization uh, expands there um, and different allowances happen, just like some of the other Canadian companies have. So that's, yeah. uh, that's a key focus for me and the MA team going into
2: 2022. And then, Everett, it might be different. You know, since you're up in Canada, we're here in the U.S. But do you foresee, as we see this industry develop more, um, do you think we're going to have those k- kind of leader, those companies that are leaders? That like, if I go into a gas station, right, I can always buy a, a pack of Marlboro cigarettes. Like, will I be able to one day always be able to buy uh, a pack of, say, Valens uh, joints at a gas station, or, or do you think the market will look different than what the you know tobacco or alcohol markets look like today?
5: No, I think it is it the same uh, path. Obviously, it takes time to get there. I think when you look at this industry 10 years out, I think you see, you know, 10 major players, five of them with majority of that market share. And I think that you walk into that gas station or you walk into a pharmacy and you need something for pain and they give you a pill for, that has cannabis. Right. Like, I think that's the progression of this industry. And and I think uh, for to be a winner, you need a key competitive advantage. And and, you know, that's why, we, you know, we focused on manufacturing. Um, you know, if you look at most mature US states, 50% of the market is extract based products, you know, the, the beverages, the edibles, the vapes, um, the non dried. And I think that, you know, when you look at this industry five to 10 years out, that's obviously the fastest growing part of the market. And that's where we cut our teeth on innovation and IP. Because when you're sitting around a dinner table, you know, I, I don't know if you're always uh, rolling a joint and lighting it, or are you choosing a beverage or passing around edibles or taking a vape out of your pocket? And and I think if you have a key competitive advantage, you can be one of those top 10 companies and, and, uh, that's where we sit, uh, in our value added competitive advantage. Today.
2: Got it. Well, well, so you just mentioned kind of the, the subset groups of, you know, vapes, edibles, all that, do you have any insight into which one of the, like w- what's growing the fastest, uh, versus edibles, flour, um, vapes, is there one that's kind of growing faster than the, than the other
5: groups? You know, edibles has been one of the fastest growing categories, especially here in Canada. Uh, it's one of my favorite categories going forward. Um, if you look at uh, cannabis, it's it's very recession resilient, just like alcohol. But if you look at candy, it's also very recession resilient. So you almost have uh, double the recession resilient. And for new consumers coming into the space, you're seeing a lot of adoption in that edibles category. Gummies makes up majority of them. And uh, I think there's a lot of innovation now going into other consumer packaged industries where you have real fruit gummies, right? People are caring about the health. They don't only want to get high now. They want it, um, with right. the health trend on calories and, and real fruit. And, and we try to lead that in the Canadian market, but I would say that's one of my favorite categories in, uh, 2022, uh, look out for that, not only in Canada, uh, but in the U S marketplace.
2: Got it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you ever need someone to do some like on the ground research, about edibles in Michigan, then then maybe we can do that here. I don't know, but we, maybe we can find someone.
5: Not you, maybe, not me. Maybe, but some, maybe someone taste testing <laughs> some due
2: hy- hy- Hypothetically, yeah. Well, well, they, you know they mind. actually do. You know they actually do for like bud tenders and stuff at at the dispensaries. They'll do. Uh, I don't even know how to like kind of like virgin edibles for taste testing, like to the same edibles but that don't have any cannabis in them, so that they can just eat them for the taste to see how they taste without uh the effects of the actual edible
5: we we actually have a you know a a health Canada grant for an R&D license for sensory studies and believe it or not we have a person in the company that's job is to do that and I'm just jealous it's not me
2: (laughs) well Everett uh before we let you go any other themes kind of for 2022 or even further out than that that you're looking forward to in the in the cannabis industry
5: Yeah, I think that in 2022, look for legislation progress in the U.S. I think there's a high probability in that you never bet on it. But if you have a two to three year time outlook uh, with these valuations, I think it's uh, quite the uh, attractive space in general. And and I'd say that in in 2022, you're going to see the wheat separate from the chaff. And and, and I think you see um, a lot of uh, companies um, that uh, aren't performing as well you know, some commoditization of the space and, and the, the actual losers will um, go bankrupt and, you know, some bloodletting, I would say, in the space okay. where you actually have clear winners and losers. I think it's the first time where capital is going after the companies that will be successful. And, and I think that's, uh, that's an opportunity for many companies. So I'd say if you're an investor in the space, I'd uh, do more due diligence on the companies because I think there's going to be uh, more of a tiered process for multiples uh, based on performance.
2: Got right. it. Uh, well, Everett, again, Everett Knight is the uh, Executive Vice President of Corporate Development at the Valens Company. It was great to have you on. We'd love to have you on anytime there's updates in the cannabis industry or, or at Valens specifically. So, uh, again, thank you for coming on. Have a good one, Everett.
5: Thanks for having me, you guys, and I'll keep you in mind for that due diligence. Yep. Beautiful. All right.
2: Uh,
1: hey, it is 1248. Hope you are having a good Wednesday.
5: Yeah, how's year, everyone's year, trade? Year.
2: How's everyone's trades looking today? My, I, we checked it on mine a little bit ago. Let me let me pull my uh, brokerage back up because we've uh, kind of had a little bit of a comeback. I'm not going to call it a comeback. Don't call yet. it. Don't call it that. I'm not going to call it a comeback don't, yet. Don't call it that. But we're, uh, you know, last time we checked in, I was down about three hundo on the day. And now we're only down about one a buck fifty. So, uh, trending in the right direction here. But again, not going to call it a comeback yet. Don't call it that. All right.
1: Uh, okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have Jessica Kaler on uh, at one o'clock. We're gonna have um, uh, maybe Brett from Simba Bets, but most likely Cowboy from Simba Bets on at
2: one thirty. Yeah, I did get final word from uh, Brett. He will not be joining us today, but is okay. available to to hop on maybe tomorrow or the following day. So we Sweet. will get some good, um, you know, Brett Simba trades on Benzinga Live here in the next couple of days. Also, Brett Simba will be joining us. Uh, later the mo- later in the month for the January boot camp that'll be on January 22nd. Uh, we're doing like a full fledged options boot camp. So if you're if you're like me and you want to you know get a little bit better at trading options, join us for the boot camp on January 22nd. I'll drop the link in the chat right now for you to sign up. It's um,
1: BenzingaBootcamp.com. I'll put it on the screen. Uh yeah, I mean I guess I guess Spencer's gonna beat me to it. Well, it's Benzinga. There's there's the URL BenzingaBootcamp.com. Check it out. And you'll you'll be able to learn more, but we'll we'll have more we'll have more
2: promotion of this of that as we get closer. I was just mentioning it because we've got uh yeah we've got Brett coming on. He's gonna come on the show. We've got Brett's gonna be at the boot camp. Um, Shelly's asking about Wordle. So Spencer, I wow. went out and I <laughs> did today's Wordle because since i've started playing which was monday yeah i was two for two now i'm three for three and i didn't want to you know watch you do it first and then have any competitive advantage so i've already completed it um if you would oh, like to pull I it see. up i'll refrain from you know giving any hints or helping at all uh in fact i might just leave the room entirely so
1: i um y- yesterday was the um f- was no, yesterday was the uh, second time I played, right? And it was really the first time I, I started looking at any sort of strategy at all into this game. And Aaron's suggestion was you start with, I think your two words were after and around. That's what you said.
2: I will say, I, I literally just like, okay, that's like, that's like I didn't like look anything okay. up. I just well, like, came up with I on my I found
1: own. A better, I found a better word to start with. Okay.
2: Audio. But I didn't do this. I didn't go out and look. I was just thinking in my head, like, okay. Okay, that's fine. Okay, then, all right.
1: Audio. This is what. If you don't know what Wordle is, it's this new game. Maybe we'll play it every day. Maybe we won't. Who the heck knows? Um, It's. It's just a word. It's
2: really fun to play. It might not be as fun to watch.
1: I don't know. It's a word game. It's a word game. If you if you if you don't if you haven't played yet today and and you you don't want to spoil it, then stop watching right now. Yeah. Also,
2: if anyone spoils the answer in the chat, you will get an automatic. Ban. Ban. You're banned. You're banned. Not even a timeout. You were gonna get banned. So here's what this means. The the word of the day. I've got six guesses total. Five
1: guesses left. I just guessed one of them right now. I use one of my guesses. I know there's an A and an O in this word, and I don't know where the A and the O are in the word. I just know the A is not the first letter. The O is not the last letter. Um, what? We'll try not to make this go too long. We'll try to do this relatively quickly here, but it's it's a fun game. It's a fun game. Um, you can just Google Wordle. W O R D O L E. No D L E. There's no O. W-O-R-D-L-E. Wordle. The first link brings you to this this site, and that's it's like that's, Wordle and puzzle mixed together. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we have no affiliation with them. This is just a viral game that that we're playing because it's fun. So. I know there's no U, there's no D, and there's no I, um, but there is an A and an O, so I'm gonna go with um, 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 C O A T S. I'm gonna go with Coats. Taking the chat suggestion. I know I didn't even see that. Was that in the chat? Wait, really? Sorry, I didn't even see that. I I, honest, I, I think you might have like no on, on, honest honest to God, Christian, you're on a, you and I are in a mind meld right now, but I didn't even see that. Uh. Um. OK, so ooh, the O is not there either. And I didn't get any new letters. This is not a good spot to be in. What if we did, like, um, also what's confusing about this game is it's not clear whether there's
2: more multiple, than w- I know. multiple that, A's I, or multiple Well, we're going to get the Wordle creators on the, on the show, and we'll talk about it. Also, um, it looks like Aaron Thomas is, is putting a stripper pole into the office right what, now. Aaron, what are you doing over there? All right. Can we get the the overhead camera on the stripper pole that Aaron Thomas is putting up in the office right now? The ceiling
1: (laughs) cam is pointed at at us right now, so I know Rohan's.
2: Rohan's in a Rivian right now.
1: Yeah, I I mentioned that. I think while you're off for a second, but Rohan is not here because he's test driving, or he's test yeah he's test driving a Rivian. Hopefully, we get him on this show tomorrow to tell us about how that Rivian was. But okay, so here's what I got. Third guest of the day. I don't know. Fr. That's, that's, uh, G. I know there's an O and an A, but maybe I'll move on from that for a second. Um, maybe not
2: F R E. Um, I'm not going to help again because I, I, I already know the answer. Not I'm a good, solving it. It's not a good guess. And Shelly, I solved it on my, uh, I, I solved it on my last guess as mm-hmm. well. Okay.
1: So I know there's an F of the first letter. Um, and I know the A I'm sorry, I know the O has to be the second to last letter, unless there's multiple O's. Um, and I know the A has to be... either. This, let's do F-A. Um, um, f- and let's do... Let's
2: put the O... Oh, I can't do that. I can't oh, that. That's the other thing. I wish you could do that, because I try to do that all the time, yeah. I think it would help um, me visually. Let's, let's
1: like, do F-A. Mm. So it's like the O is going to be there, right? So... What would be a word here? F-A... Um,
2: uh, maybe the A is not a second letter, but... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, Shelly's in a different time zone, so she's already got tomorrow's wordle. Oh, what? Is that how time works? I guess so. Because they put it out at midnight our time. I don't know when they put it up. I have no idea.
1: Um, is Oh, I didn't guess
2: R yet. Um Pharaoh is that a word? That might not be a word. Pharaoh is with pH. Like the Pharaoh of Egypt. No, like Pharaoh, like the, the food. Is that how you spell
1: Pharaoh? No, that's not how you spell Pharaoh. Um I don't know. Uh F A puts my J School, my drama oh, uh, th- skills.
2: Th- I think Pharaoh you're trying to spell is with an E at the end. Probably. Um,
1: my deadline is because we have Jesse coming on. Wait, do we confirm with Jesse? We don't know. Okay, um,
2: I he's Je- either joining or he's not. Jesse, if
1: you're out there and we didn't confirm with you, I'm I'm sorry, man. He's either joining or he's not. All right. Um, I mean, I yeah. F A. Uh, oh wait, oh no, that wouldn't be right. Oh, there's no U. You. Ah,
2: right, you're running against the clock. Sorry, I, you? know, I know, I know. Yeah, We right. gotta get a guess.
1: Oh, Fargo? Is that what someone said? Well, I know the O is not the last letter. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do Fargo. You can't guess. You can't guess proper nouns. No. This is a terrible guess, but I'm running up against the clock. Okay. So F A, um, and I know my O has to be here. F A J O F A, Fago, That'd be funny. That's a proper noun. (laughs) I don't know. Do do we have anything from the chat? Yeah. We do? Yeah. Oh, favor. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding.
2: All right. I had help. Who who got that? Uh, Voodoo? Good job, I mean, I'll, man. I'll show you just for uh just for fun. I'll show you my
1: I don't Favor. know why
2: my I, uh I, I cheated. That wasn't it's not fun to cheat. I might be a, I don't even know if I'm on the right website. I, I don't feel good about that. I don't even know if I'm on the right website cuz mine know. looks different than yours.
1: Whatever, who cares. But
2: this is how I got uh mine. Oh wow. I got well, I knew uh I knew the A and the O and the R were here, but I had no clue there was like a V in there or an A And I just was like, well, what word could this be? But I was looking at the letters that I had left yeah. and just – randomly guess favor, which happened to be right. But I, nice. the reason I did, I did two different words up top here, Spencer. I didn't do the after round, which I, I was just like, that's boring. If I start the started off with the start same with
1: way. audio, it's got four different vowels.
2: That's, let see, that's good. But I think it's almost more fun to just literally start. I was like, all right, whatever the, the first five letter word <laughs> bursts into my mind is what I'm going to put. And then it was burst. Yeah. And then I went from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it makes it a little bit more challenging. All
1: right. Today's segment brought to you by the letter F. And tomorrow, who knows? Um, All right. Uh, Let's check in on the market here. Somebody asked about the Crypto Heat Map. We already went over that. Uh, It's green. That's all you need to know about the Crypto Heat Map It's it's green today. I want to look at uh, Delta Airlines quickly, quickly here, because they report earnings. Where's my Benzinger Pro? Let's get that up on the screen.
2: Oh, hold on, Spencer. I'm getting a call, and I don't know who this is.
1: Okay. Uh, You can go take that. Um, Delta Airlines reports earnings tomorrow morning. This is like the unofficial start of the earnings season. I say unofficial because there is no official start to earnings season. But Delta Airlines tomorrow morning. Let's take a look at the chart. Um, let's do that. So, airlines. Here, let's just let's for fun. Let's just compare this. Let's just bring up. Uh, you know, let's just compare it to. No, forget that. Let's compare it to the spy. And the cues. Let's get, let's get American off this chart. Okay, so here's what we got. Okay. <sighs> zoom in here. All right, so it's had a little bit of a run the past month. You know, let's zoom way in. We could just see. um. It is outperforming both indexes in the really last couple, last four weeks or so. Um, No notable run this week. Typically, sometimes you'll see stock run up into the week of its report, the week or two before, the week or two prior. Uh, Nothing really notable in Delta Airlines uh, this year so far. Um, as far as post earnings uh volatility so I'm, I'm gonna pull up this other this other chart that I have here and I'm just gonna look for a second and see what uh, how Delta behaves after its earnings report um there's really no patterns there's really no patterns here it's it, it, it's a coin flip it's a coin flip here as far as whether Delta will go higher or lower after its earnings report um no real trend to speak of, which is not helpful in any way, shape, or form, I realize. Um here, on this note, that's a that's a good point, actually, Ryan. Uh, I don't I don't actually know. Let's 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 go to the calendar and let's check. Because beyond Delta, I haven't looked. So earnings calendar, tomorrow's the thirteenth. Who do we got? Delta, Taiwan semi and that's all that i care about let's just go rest of week let's just let's do let's do tomorrow on friday and see what we got friday is black rock friday's yeah wells fargo and j p morgan city so Fridays, we got some banks all right so taiwan semi is, is is also tomorrow morning i don't know what to say about this delta chart honestly um we're sort of in like no man's land i feel like you just zoom out on on the daily. I feel like let me just say this. I feel like if it if it dips, it probably wouldn't be the worst buy. And if it rallies, it wouldn't be the worst sale. You know, that's sort of where my head is at right now. I, I don't feel, I don't feel convicted on this either way. Unfortunately, um, they're probably going to say the same thing that all the airlines said, which is like, yeah, we're going to get back to profitability this year or next year. Right? Isn't that what all the airlines have said this entire time? So, um, let's just before we move away from the chart, let's just compare it to its pre-COVID level. We can pull up a weekly. Okay, so you can see here, we never made it back to to February 2020 levels. Um, we don't, I don't have think to. any airline has, has. No, no, they haven't. Oh wait, that's I shouldn't. You know what? I should not say that because I don't know. But um, We don't have to get back there. In Delta's case, it'll be like 57 or 60. We don't have to get back there. There's no rule saying we have to get back there. Um, Ooh, Alaska Airlines actually did. I feel like if anyone's going to do it, it'd be save. That was your best performing airline, I I feel like, heading into the pandemic. Um, How does save look?
2: Oh, it was close. It almost got there. Alaska's did, and then it gave up. those gains i don't know i think this is interesting to talk about this because when you had the spy up with um delta airlines you could see kind of there you you could assume you could have a reasonable assumption that eventually there will be kind of that reversion to to the s p average Um, but i think right now it would behoove us spencer to kind of like go through these not right now but actually do some due diligence on the different airlines and see like who's really in the best position because Plane, they're not going anywhere, the airlines aren't going anywhere. Like they're going to be here, they're going to be making money eventually. So it's all about, um, you know, which one's in the best position right well,
1: now. Well, well, so okay, so I just went through a couple here very quickly. Look at LUV here. Let's 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 pull them up together. And and I, I don't want to do like a fundamental deep dive on on Prasm and Trasm and all these airline metrics right now. But let's look at LUV. Let's compare it to JetBlue. Let's compare it to Spirit. And because Delta's tomorrow, we'll compare it to Delta. And then you mentioned ALK. We'll do ALK as well. Okay. Some of these made it back to their pre-COVID levels. Right. LUV made it back. Right. Last spring. Um, Alaska and JetBlue made it back. or Yeah, they made it back uh, at, at, at the same time. Right. So those are the three. That actually got back to their pre-COVID levels. Uh, Delta never did United never did uh, Spirit never did. Um, I'm not sure about it let's do Hawaiian. let's do the smaller regional ones um, HA um, oh it's hard to see on there, but hA never did either. Oh wait, did it
2: uh, also, uh, no, 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 I also I have an exercise. I want the not like a physical exercise, but like an activity. I don't know an so, exercise I want the chat to do
1: so I don't know. I, I don't have the conviction here, so on delta, just to wrap up that conversation. If anyone in the chat has an opinion I'd, I'd be all, I'm all ears because I, I kind of got nothing here. I just wanted to bring it up just because it reports tomorrow tomorrow morning, but fundamentally these the whole industry I feel like would be not one. There's pro- probably better place to put your money. That's, that's where my head's at well, what's your exercise?
2: I want everyone to post a stock that they're either in or they like that they're also a customer of. I'll start, and once you see it in the chat, you cannot do it, I'll start Apple. You can see my MacBook right here. I'm in the stock. Uh, It's a company I'm a customer of. Okay, a company that you own and you also will will pay them. Exactly. You can own them or you could just be like bullish, I guess, if you don't have an open position. Um, Bonus points if you own the company, all right, RGR. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a. <laughs> next nice one, next <Nice> one, Clark.
1: <laughs> that is a good one. That was a great one, actually. Uh, Clark, um, you know, I'm not a gun owner, so I, I, I ask more out of curiosity. But um, how much do you spend on ammo? You know, just
2: cause... and do you, what do you have? Do you have like a Ruger pistol? Do you have a because I, I I'll, all, all I ever
1: hear from gun owners, well, among the, the other things, is like uh, how expensive ammo is, right? All and right,
2: like, Master Stonks. I thought we'd see this one Disney. So I want, what I want to know is, yeah, are but, are but you,
1: uh, huh? No, I was gonna say Disney too, but I don't actually pay Disney anything.
2: But you're not like a Disney. That's what I was gonna ask. Are you a <laughs> Disney Plus subscriber, or do you just, I mooch. or do you go to Disney World? Like, how how are you yeah. a customer of Disney? Oh, I uh, guess,
1: oh, no, that wouldn't be one either. I, I, this is hard for me, man.
2: Sundial. Doesn't Sundial make, like, cultivation uh, like tractors for marijuana? I'll be honest. I don't know. I think that's what Sundial does. They make, like, that's what I think. I don't know. <laughs> Jadeed says space.
1: <laughs> Virgin Galactic. Jadeed, are you a customer? You, are Are you on the wait list? If you
2: are, congratulations. Coca-Cola. That's a good one. PayPal. I could have done that because I have a Venmo account. Um, I don't know if,
1: like, I don't have any. Oh,
2: Clark pays about $100 in ammo to go to the range. It's expensive. If you, it you do it like once, if you do like once a couple months.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Can I tell you, because
1: cause we're off on Monday, right? So I was thinking about going skiing this weekend, and then I was like,
2: God, oh, it's so expensive. We were, I was actually talking about that last night, too. And I kind of, because there are places in northern Michigan you can go, like, for the weekend. But, after like breaking it all down, and it's like, all right, if we go up so here and get an Airbnb for two right nights now. and go skiing, it's gonna be like x amount of money, uh, and I'd rather save that you know five hundred dollars yeah. or whatever it would be toward like an actual ski trip to Colorado versus just going up to Northern Michigan, yeah, although I've never been skiing up in Northern Michigan so well I, I was thinking how. like just
1: going locally, but even just like go for the day and the equipment and the, and, and the and the lift ticket, yeah. is, is just yeah whatever but uh and also p s a markets in the u s are closed on Monday. So uh, we will not be here. So if you show up, you will not see anything. Um, Intel, Nvidia is a good one, Nutrien, i have seeing Google. Seeing. I saw PayPal earlier, Coke. I saw. I think I saw Honda, um, Pepsi, SWBI, Visio. All right, this, this is a good exercise. I don't really know if I have one, honestly, that I'm subsequently a customer of and bullish. Um, that's weird. Good one though. Um, okay. I don't know where Jesse is. Uh, I'm I don't know if we ever even confirmed with Jesse. If we didn't, I apologize to Jesse. Um, but I shouldn't. Should text right now. And oh wait, uh, no, I was gonna do. I was gonna do TSM. That's what I want to do before I got distracted. Taiwan Semi Uh 'cause because they uh, they also yeah.
2: report tomorrow. Tomorrow. Who else? Wait, I'm trying to see if we have any other good ones uh in oh the, my gosh look at the sammy i mean these Sammys
1: have been so strong
2: amazon that was one that i haven't i i i thought we'd see right away that we didn't see yeah so there. i don't own amazon like stock I,
1: I i own it via like an etf so if, if you're gonna go off that then yeah obviously i i own, no, I, that, that I, I own count. the market that doesn't count um i guess i could say like like um uh uh um what was it? it was uh cresco well that's they're, they're not really in michigan i don't know maybe some cannabis anyway taiwan semi um obviously the semis have been hot let's let's see if i can look up what the stock historically does uh out of its earnings reports and let's see if what well, we can extrapolate here so taiwan semi Ugh, this platform always logs me out. Give me a second. Okay, Taiwan Semi. me. Um, yeah, okay. It is more like it's basically twice as likely to trade higher than it is to trade lower in the day, in the days and week, and up to two weeks after its earnings report. So basically. In, well really in the one day to one week period. So looking at Taiwan semi and you're going back the last um three years, it's twice as likely to trade higher uh it'll it'll be twice as likely to close higher on um on Friday and also um, to end up closing higher next Thursday after the close or by by the close on Thursday. Um Based on the last three years of data, so it does trade higher after its reports, um, in the one week, in the one day to one week span, more often than not. So that's interesting. Um, as far as how much it trades higher, it's not a lot. It doesn't trade higher by a lot. It trades higher on average, like less than one percent, right over that over that span. But it but it, it it is more likely than not
2: to trade higher after earnings based on the last three years. Ooh, bull bear, bull bear Jeff might win. He owns Pfizer and he's got Pfizer in his arm. It's a good one. You know what I was thinking uh, uh, about the vaccines uh, yesterday?
1: Uh, I was like half kidding, but half not. If you're going to get like the vaccine and, and the booster and all that stuff, wouldn't it behoove you to get a different one every time? Just To diversify, no,
2: that they, they, uh, they've come out and said that. that oh, like, they have, yeah. Oh, I thought I was that the first person. No, that it, it, you actually have like better efficacy on the booster if you oh, uh, get the Moderna that. booster, if you got the Pfizer vaccine, or vice versa. I did not know. Uh, this. Th- I was trying to find this the other day because I saw an interesting like infographic that laid it out the efficacy of uh, the booster shots and the vaccines based on like which ones you got initially. Like, if you got your first dose, yeah, Moderna, your second dose, Pfizer, and your uh booster shot was johnson like they did every single possibility and kind of the and we, data
1: oh okay can, can we get a takeaway from that i would love to see which was the best which combo
2: which com- I, I think yeah. it was something like you wouldn't have expected like i think it was like if you got the johnson. yeah i think it was like if you got like the johnson and johnson initially but then like the moderna booster or something that's like that. me <laughs>
1: hey can i borrow your charger yeah of course. sorry man my computer is about
2: to die oh good all right (laughs) um that's better all right let's see any other good oh someone's i wanted to talk about the uh someone said sony daryl said sony was my first stock and one of the biggest gainers since ps1 and the walkman i think that's like actually a good i mean it's very anecdotal but like a lot of times if you just pick a stock that you're like a customer of and hold on to it for a long time um i mean my family we kind of did that with Apple. Like I remember, uh, my dad had bought Apple stock like very early in the 2000s, and it was all because he saw like how obsessed we were with our iPods and and stuff. So sometimes it's, uh, you know, it, it's the KI It's the Kiss acronym that we talked about, right? Keep it simple, stupid. If you if you're a customer of a company, it's probably for a good reason. You like the product or you like the service. Buy the stock.
1: I that's something that I I wish my dad had done with me. Um... I wish he had sat down when I was like a you know in, in in middle school or junior high or whatever and said, okay, pick
2: a pick a product that you like, and we're gonna buy that stock and we're gonna watch it together. Yeah. But we didn't do that. We did um, that. I, uh, my dad and I did that with uh, Sandisk because when I was in like fourth grade, I brought home like a thumb drive from school and plugged it into our computer and yeah. like. Pulled up my PowerPoint that I made at school, and he was like looking at this little thing and had no clue how it worked, but was so amazed by it. He bought Sandisk and made like a bunch of money off of it. And I was like twelve. I was like, "Where's my commission? You know, I should get, I should uh, get a little bit of that."
1: Does anyone know what the Sandisk ticker is? It was Uh,
2: SDSK, but it's not in existence anymore. Well, but
1: it it might still be like randomly OTC. I don't think so.
2: I think they got bought out. Oh, did they get bought out? I I could be wrong. I have no clue. SNDK, SNDK, maybe. But then, uh, gone. My dad actually like he, it was funny because like he was trading options too, and I remember being like, "Oh, can you teach me? Like, what are options?" And I was like 14 or 15, and he was like, "Oh no, when you're older." And now I know.
1: Wait, someone said to do a long-term monthly chart on Sony.
2: Yeah, okay, fine. That's that's fair.
1: That's fair. Fair criticism on Sony. You never made it back, Aaron. Dot com bubble. You never got there. You're close though. You're awfully close. I don't know what Sony's dividend is, or if it has one, but uh, at least on a on a chart basis, congratulations if you have this. But since if March you would have
2: bought right when like the PS3 came out, which was when uh, like, let's, let's look up.
1: Well, the PS2 was like 04,
2: I think. Oh no, Play- PS2 was way before that. Was it? I think so. Oh, shoot. maybe you're right. I want to say PlayStation Two was like 01. Right. Oh, okay. PlayStation Two released in Japan March 4th 2000. Oh wow, I was way off. I'm gonna guess PlayStation Three was. 09 PlayStation 3 released in 06. 06.
1: All right, let's just call it we'll just do June. Even though it was probably the holiday season. So let's do November of 06. All right. Nice. Yeah. If you could have if you could hold through through all that crap, 2012 2013, you know. Um hold. Off. But anyway, that's a fun exercise. I I love looking at long term charts. Yeah,
2: Bull Bear is saying it's look it looks like uh, Microsoft's. I mean, I think absolutely, it, does. I think Microsoft and Sony kind of. That's a great observation. You want to compare the two? Microsoft
1: in 2015 was when I think it made it back to its .dot its com peak. Yeah, this doesn't. This is not helpful. But like the, the general shape, w- we need to get a log chart on here. But the general shape is the same, right? If even if Microsoft has left Sony in the dust, but anyway. Fun exercise to do right now. Okay, uh, what else do we have going on here? What else was on the list to discuss uh, on on for the day? We talked about the inflation. We talked about Sheeb. We talked about Delta. I wanted to hit. Uh, what else did I want to hit on today? I'm going through my
0: my, um, my wait,
2: mental there was, list here.
1: Yeah, there was something else. Biogen. I hit on. There was there was another stock. Oh yeah, job Oh yeah, I want to talk about China. So I I've sort of planted my flag on the China front that I you know, and I, I don't wanna like change my mind just because China stocks go up a little bit, so I'm not going to. But that being said, what would you do here? Let's just pull up Alibaba, right? Let's bye, just say bye, l- bye. Let's just say you're not me. You're not just like Bye, bye, bye. Totally just planted the flag against China right now, but let's you've got these Chinese stocks. All trending higher today because their inflation is not as bad, so they say, as the market thought it would be. So on Alibaba, like you know, we always say don't catch a falling knife, right? You're not if you're buying it now, you're not catching a falling knife, right? Because we are we are substantially off the lows, right? The low was what like 112, we're at 136 right now. So um, there's a part of me that's like, if you're buying now, you're buying, you're doing it backwards. You're buying after the after the run up. You want to buy it before the run up. But the other part of me is like for a longer term position if you want to use this as like a buying opportunity you could do that and you you know you have a you have a some sort of um a, a, a risk management at you know 1 120 you're right or somewhere in there in there, bats like this is not the worst idea this is probably not the worst spot to buy it i can't buy it because i i just can't you know what I mean? Like the There's just so many unknowns here. But this is probably not like the worst thing to do is sort of my take on, on China right now. And I haven't said that for a while. Now, that being said, you could you also could have said that October of last year, right? And, you know, if you bought up there, this is, why you, this is why we have stops, right? Maybe you stop yourself out at, you know, maybe you had to stop at like the 140s and then you avoided when it got down to like 112. But that's just kind of my general China take. All these charts look, look identical. I, uh, I I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not going to criticize anyone for buying for buying Alibaba or or JD or Baidu here. Right?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the classic case of, um, you know, nothing like price to change the sentiment. So, aye, right, for sure, for sure. You know, a, a, a few weeks ago, if we were talking about it, it, it looks a little bit different now after a few green days. But um, someone in the chat, who was it? Might have been Bull Bear E. E E M, the emerging markets ETF. Uh, wait, I brought that up yesterday, or was it on this show? I like. I mean, I, I just looked at it for the first time. I'm looking at some of the holdings. Uh, T S M is the biggest holding, mostly mostly China. Uh, yeah. Ten Cent, both Taiwan, Samsung, Alibaba. I would yeah. want. I want to see some exposure to India in here because um, pre COVID, India's economy was actually growing at a faster pace than China's. Um, so there's also I N D A, which is iShares India India ETF. Um so if we're talking emerging markets, I, I I do think it's just been a terrible investment. It, this is a this is the monthly. It's just been a horrible,
1: horrible investment. Right? If you if if you've had this thing. Until it's not though. What? I said until it's not. Right, of course. But like stack this up against a spy. It's just it's just been terrible. Yeah. Not even bad. Just, the US has been
2: amazing. Right. Who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just the case of the rich get richer and the big companies continue to grow bigger. Yeah, I mean, if, if you go since the financial crisis and so seven, just,
1: just not even a not even contest. And and I I think everyone should have some some international exposure. I just unfortunately it's been a drag, but that's the way it goes. Uh, Pierre asked about Neo, right?
2: Speaking of emerging markets. Yeah, yeah, EV and China, all wrapped into one stock.
1: Boom. Neo's up four and a half percent today.
2: Uh, this is actually uh, wait, let me check. Let me make sure. Let me see oh, if boy. I see. It.
1: Yeah, again, if you wanted to buy it now, like this is for this would be for a trade or for an investment, I suppose. You know, you have an out, right? I like I like having a some sort of a risk control, risk, a, 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 a a risk um, plan. Right when you go in, some sort of exit strategy. So you have an exit plan here. You have a series of lows. They're all around the $27 area, right? So maybe if you're not into hard stops, a physical stop, you can do a mental stop or whatever. But like you can buy it now and you stop yourself out at, at, at 26, right? That's not the worst. You're, you're risking
2: $5. At least you have an out. That's not, again, not the worst setup. I, uh, I, I was checking to make sure I still do because I want to be upfront and transparent. Yeah. I do hold NEO in my Roth IRA. Oh, damn, man. Um, yeah, I mean, my Roth is where I put stocks that I like, you know, long term, obviously, like five, 10 years down the road. Um, and I have NEO in there. My cost basis was $57 a share. Oh, okay. I'm uh, down. Wait, how, how many times have you bought it? Just the one? Just once. Okay um that is something i should probably do more in here is like average down i also if someone out there is like a roth ira expert i have no clue like i okay so i know i can trade in here in the roth Mm -hmm. so if i if i sell okay like my nvidia position is up more than 100 percent. if i trimmed my nvidia position but then didn't take any of the money out of the roth would i have to pay capital gains tax on that or is it only if i withdraw the money or can I like set, trim some of my Nvidia position and then just put it into something else? Like maybe I lower my cost basis into Neo. Spencer's thinking he doesn't know, but yeah, someone in the chat no, might I, know. I mean I don't trade my Roth account, so I have no idea. But some people do, and people can trade options.
1: Jay says it's not. Uh, a few people saying it's not taxable. So yeah, you're not going to get taxed. Right, the gains are not taxed. Uh so so that that's- well
2: caveat they would be taxed if i pulled them out like before i'm supposed to right 55 right i think is right the, yeah but basically all, all i'm asking is if i okay only if you withdraw proton says no yeah. tax do now right that's the point so you're
1: not getting you, the answer is no you're not getting
2: based on the chat you're not getting taxed repeat that again ab okay hurt scrambler basically my question was if i sell one of my positions in my roth but i don't withdraw the money it stays in the uh, the Roth, and yeah. I could reinvest it into something else, or maybe I just let it sit in cash for a second. In my yeah. Roth, uh, would I then have to pay capital gains tax on that trade? Which looks like the answer is no.
1: It appears that yeah, you're not gonna pay, you're not gonna pay that capital gains okay. tax. Okay, well, maybe that's
2: something go. I might do. I might trim my Nvidia position, put it you wait, know lower my wait, cost basis. Wait,
1: you're in your Nvidia or Nio? You just said Nvidia. Nvidia. Oh, okay.
2: That's the example I gave because I'm up 100 oh, 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 percent okay. in my Nvidia okay. position, so I could. Uh, you know, trim my NVIDIA position, put it into Neo or put it into something else. Um, I really don't want to sell my NVIDIA though. It just seems like kind of a smart move while it's up 100%. Then maybe I could buy back in if it, yeah. if slash when it drops. Yeah. Buy back in when it drops. Easier said than done. But yes. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I also still have to make, uh, I haven't made like my Roth contribution this year um, yet. But I haven't I've made mine some, last year. I've got some time. You've got time. You've got, time. You've got till April 15th know, to do it. I know. Maybe we should do like a tax special. Should I just a, pull it? Should I just show? Should I just see what's in my Roth and see like what what should I cut? What should I trim? You, if what, you want to, what should yeah. I add to. I just don't know if there's a, a good way for me. To, I'll just read them out real quick.
1: At a curiosity, like where, where is your Roth? Like what what, what Merrill you, Edge? Merrill just Edge, because I have a
2: Bank of America as my. I,
1: I I find especially with like um so like in my case, did you set up your Roth yourself? Yeah, it's like all self directed. Okay, okay. Like my, my dad opened my account for me but didn't put any money into it. Um classic. Uh so it, it, my, that's why my Roth is a T Row Price, which makes no sense to me. T Row Price? Yeah. I don't even know what that I, is. T Row Price? Never heard of them. That's my that's exactly that's that's the that's the point. Actually right I've but.
2: heard like commercials for them on CNBC. Yeah?
1: Anyway, okay, do you want to share?
2: Uh, well, I'm, I don't know if I have a way to share my screen because I just have the Merrill Edge app on my phone. No, and I, can, I, I can read out my positions real yeah, quick. Yeah, go for it. All right. We got five uh, minutes. Uh, and they're not all weighted the same. So if anyone's curious about like how many shares or or, or how much percentage of my portfolio is in like, one name versus the other, just ask me in the chat. But yeah. I'll just read through them real quick. Uh, Apple, up 30% on the position wow. right now. AT&T, down 7.5% on the position right now. Blink Charging Co., down 46% on the position right now. Ford Motor Company up one hundred and twenty three percent on the position. Neo I mentioned down forty five percent. Nvidia big moves here up one hundred and eight percent. my God uh, Quantumscape down fifty one percent. and then uh, Southwest Airlines love down twenty six percent. um this is a all- big do you have anything that's flat <laughs> in No, <there>? well, t <laughs> is the closest and it's down like eight percent. oh my goodness um, this crazy. all accounts for uh, and I opened my Roth about a year ago. Uh, okay. And this all accounts for about an eighteen percent gain, uh, unrealized gain. So actually underperformed the market, and that's with Ford and Nvidia, which are both up over a hundred percent in the year.
1: Wow, man, you got some you got some big big old movers in there. Um, wait, what I wanted to ask is, are those all equal weighted positions?
2: No, I mentioned that at the beginning. Oh, you did. Sorry. Yeah, that's why I'm like up, even though the majority of my positions are down, and some of them like Blink Neo and QuantumScape are all down more than 45%. But again, I didn't put these names into my Roth because I was like, oh, I think these are going to be up over the next year. I put them in my Roth because I think 10 years from now, yeah. QuantumScape could be big. I think Neo could be big 10 years from now. I think right. Blink Charging Co. could be big 10 years from now. So could I have been better on my timing on a, little, a couple of these names? Sure. Um, but high. yeah, my biggest positions, Spencer, are... Apple, um, NVIDIA. Apple and Nvidia, correct Oh, I just guess yep, good for me. Nvidia and I think Nvidia and Apple were like evenly weighted when I put them in, but now Nvidia's a much bigger position because Nvidia's gone up a hundred percent over the last year while Apple's only gone up 30. Software is eating the world people are some people computers? are telling me to sell tea, some people are keeping telling me to keep tea. It's, it's honestly not that big of a position in my portfolio, so it doesn't really matter either way. It's two hundred sixty-four dollars worth of value, or ten shares no, of AT I, I I just um, sorry, this is a little bit
1: off topic, but uh, but I was just looking at this Take Two chart. Do you guys see Take Two today? Yeah, it's it's, it's staging a rally. It, it wants to close the gap. It wants to fill the gap from uh, what day is that?
2: Tuesday? No, Monday. I text, Friday. That's I, Friday. I texted my buddies when uh, the, no, the Zinga deal was on yeah. Monday. Yeah, this gap is from Friday, right? From fr- Friday to Monday, right? I texted my a couple of my buddies that we we trade options, and I was like, "Yo, I'm 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 looking at some leaps on take two, like right when the right when the leg down happened, Mm -hmm. and all conventional like wisdom, like everything I've learned about the market is like, don't try to catch a falling knife, whatever. So I didn't pull the trigger on the leaps, and of course they they would have been up a a lot. But I did, um, Spencer, get into. take two chart is Uh, these calls on take two which are up uh 95 percent from when i opened them this morning wow so not bad and that was more for me i was like okay if i see take two uh you know having a couple green days in a row this is a good sign for me that buyers are are coming back in and they're coming back in strong after the zynga deal you you know what it seems like seems like your problem is you win on the small positions and and you lose on the big ones is that is that not right? I don't know. We can talk to Cowboy about that too. I think I do that with my sports bets too. He wins. He might win the majority, but he loses on the one that matters. Well, yeah. Like t- right now, my portfolio. Let me let me back up here. Go to the main. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like this, my equity. Let's look at it by equity. I have eighty eight dollars in this take two call that's up, but then I have two hundred and eighty five in this Facebook call yeah. that is down forty five percent. Yeah. Hey, it's a it's a learning. It's a learning process figured all right, out should we bring on cowboy let's do it is cowboy ready i don't, I don't know. know i don't know cowboy can we get a thumbs up or something if you're ready yeah oh he's ready he's ready all right guys so if you don't know cowboy maybe you know cowboy if you don't you probably know brett simba from simba stocks uh cowboy runs simba bets which is uh simba Stocks's betting counterpart you could say uh so we're gonna be talking about some some sports betting I'm excited. Because UFC starting back up. We got NFL playoffs. Basketball's in full swing. Lots of things. And
1: the Olympics. We can talk about the Olympics.
2: I've never bet on the Olympics. Well, though.
1: I presumably Cowboy would know. I'm right? not opposed to it, though. Yeah, I'm. In, I'm into that sort of thing. Yeah. All right, I love the Olympics. Let's bring Cowboy on right now. All right, Here. Cowboy, how are
4: we well, doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys?
2: Good. It's been too long.
4: It has been too long. Everyone have a good holiday. Everyone was stayed safe. Everyone was good.
2: I'm in one piece.
4: Hey, that's that's it, man. Yeah, no, the Olympics are fantastic. They're they're a ton of fun to bet on too. Uh, you really have to get them. Uh, the future bets are where you want to bet on them. Uh, who's going to medal? How many medals? Uh, you you go back through history. Canada is always a great country to bet on. Uh, the most medals. Uh, they they typically finish in the top three, and they good they're good value. But uh, yeah, I love the Olympics, and that starts here in what three weeks, I believe. Yeah, February fourth, correct? And uh, I yep, saw China yeah. this morning on the news was taking. Super extra precautions to uh, make sure it was a COVID-free Olympics. We'll see how well that bides. But uh, I do know uh, (laughs) Germany, uh, hockey. That's a good one to look at, guys. Uh, It's funny you mentioned that. I was talking to a couple guys about that. Uh, Because NHL is not allowing their players to play in the Olympics because of the uh, COVID scare. So Germany doesn't have a lot of players in the NHL. All these other countries are sending their their, uh, players out to play in the NHL. Well, Germany, they, they're pretty much all in house. So they're not going to be drawn. They'll be drawn the same team no matter what. And I think you get those like at three to one right now. Uh, so that's a good odds to win a gold medal, in my opinion. So that's, that's something interesting. to look at right now. I'll, I'll, I'll be rooting
2: yeah. for the U.S. You know, we'll have like all the college kids out there. We'll be like back in the day when uh, Olympic players weren't allowed. But yeah, I mean, if you think about the makeup of the NHL, you're right. It's mostly U.S., Canadian, and Russian players. Um, you know, you've, you've got a few Finnish and Swedish players in there yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: What's it called? What's the what's it called? The Nordic. Nordic. Thank you. The Nordic yeah. countries. Well, They're all Czech. fantastic. The Czechs. Well, are wait, before
2: before it. we get real deep into the sports, cowboy, you you trade too, right? Stock yeah. Market? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
4: every day. Uh, I
2: I I just. It's
4: funny you mentioned that. Uh, I would just yesterday literally started rebuilding a position, uh, other than my hodl position in crypto too. So I. Uh, Caught that dip uh, perfectly. Timed that actually. Lucky uh, little assistance from Brett there too. Um, but that's that's been fantastic. But yeah, man, we're we're just cruising on this pump right now. This is you know uh, crypto pump, and then the text text making a little bit of a rally too. So uh, good to see that coming back too. Uh, so yeah, no, but I think uh, you know we're at the bottom of the channel, and it seems like we're still. Heading in the up direction, still an overall uh, bull market. So I, you know, uh, my biggest position of holding, I did see you had take two. Uh, I actually was in coin uh, this morning and I got out of it, but that was one that uh, I had a Brad actually signaled that for a killer swing. And uh, we four times our money on that coin was a great one, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in with you guys. I was actually watching you guys a little bit on my, uh, uh, in my living room a little bit ago.
2: Beautiful. I was just curious if you had any trades that, uh, you know, you were recently into. So, uh, Coinbase sounds like if, if you've got any, anything else you're looking I, at, I, let us know. I'm looking at Etsy
4: right now. Etsy in about $10 is going to hit another bottom that, uh, that's one that I want to start building a position on. Uh, you pull up, the, if you pull up the one year, uh, 169 is where I have it targeted where it looks like it needs to, uh, where it looks like it can find bottom again and we can start a long position. Um, you know that's that's one that I absolutely love. I think it's still, uh, it is a COVID stock. You know more or less. A lot of people went on it went on that, but but it was looking like it's finding its bottom again. Not quite. You might want to see another ten dollars down, but uh, you can see right there, one sixty ish level. That's that was a great level of uh, consolidation before that. I think once it gets to that point, let's take a look at it and and uh, start a position there.
2: Interesting. Yeah, this is a. I mean, I hear about Etsy all the time, but I honestly like don't know the platform of the company very well. Um, but yeah, just from a chart perspective, it looks like we could get beaten down to that point where buyers start coming in, and then we can ride that up, swing up. So uh, we'll have to add that to. Yeah, our watch we're list. at the
4: first level. That's a, that, that right now is is a level. I mean, you can you can see clearly the chart we bounced off it three times here. So I'm still gonna wait uh, for confirmation. I think you're gonna see that 160 level. Uh, I would wait for that to start a position. But absolutely, um, that was one that I had circled on my. That's one that I had circled on my watch list. Um, we're almost to my alert where I would start a position on it.
2: Someone's out talking about shop in the in the chat. Brett is the the Shopify stock king, so I'll defer any trades on shop to to Brett because you know he'll, he'll have a better idea. Even- of
4: that that guy, that's his baby. That's his ex girlfriend. You know, he, he's like he, there there
2: he, are traders out there and cowboy we do this, you know, we we talk to traders and investors like every day. There are guys out there that I kid you not make their whole living just trading one or two stocks up and down. That's great. Yeah. I mean you, if you smart. know it, you Why know it. You? Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't you? fix it. I
4: mean, you know, it's it's funny kind of paralleling it and transitioning to sports just a little bit. Uh it's the same thing. Uh we have the Spurs are playing tonight. I'm going to take them in the first quarter. They're the best first quarter team in the NBA. And I've been making – we've made a substantial amount of money. I'm just taking them in the first quarter. They, they cover the first quarter uh, 77% of the time. So, it, it, you know, same thing in the stock market. Why branch into other arenas that you're not comfortable with? You know, uh, one thing that you see is you see people saying, hey, why aren't we taking a trade on uh, MU? Why are we not taking a trade on – on uh, a <clears throat> you know xyz and it's like why 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 would you want to take a trade on that when, when you have somebody like brett who's a killer and uh you know, you know he'll take his trade on shop he'll take his trade elsewhere something that he's familiar with then he knows there's no point into getting something out of your comfort zone why waste your resources and energy looking at something that you're not comfortable with or familiar with
2: yeah i mean like anything else you you hit it right uh nail on the head there you know just st- stick with what you know uh so with that being said cowboy let, let's transition into some sports um again for anyone who, who's new with us with, with new with cowboy um cowboy's been been a ufc guy for what 10 12 years now 20,
4: 20 years man 20 oh, years wow. back in the day where it was op- started when it was open weight class but really didn't start i nfl first nba and then ufc didn't take off till like 2005 2006 when it became more readily available to actually bet on uh, it was pretty difficult to bet on <laughs> in oregon in 2000 so but definitely uh had the illegal cable jammer back in the day and watched those all, and uh, been following it since. And trusty, trusty notebooks, and uh, you know that was that's back it. when I'm it was excited. what
2: just on, just on uh, Spike TV.
4: <laughs> Spike TV. Oh, well, it was actually uh, it was actually on um, what's it called? Only uh, you could. It wasn't even was pay per views. You'd had you had to have a, a de-scrambler in the early nineties. So, but two thousand five, oh, wow. yeah, it was on Spike TV. Yeah, so.
2: Um, Alright, well here, I'll pull up my screen. I've just got the uh, Bovada website up. So depending on where y'all are watching this from, you know, you've got different different places. You can, you can bet on sport, you know, different apps, different uh, betting platforms. But I'm just going to use Bovada just to look at the lines. And uh, yeah, let's just rip through, you know, you mentioned you got Spurs first quarter tonight, some basketball games. I also want to make sure maybe here in about 10 minutes or so we can, we can get into some football, just previewing the NFL playoffs because coming up this weekend, we have the NFL super wildcard weekend. I believe they're calling it Uh, the very first of its kind, the first time ever in NFL history we'll have a playoff game on Monday night. So I don't know about you, Cowboy, but I'm stoked about that.
4: Yeah, dude, I, I love it. We absolutely destroyed Week 18 too. A Player Prop Central, right there it was it was a, it was a blessing in disguise to all these people that had uh, you know needed contract incentives, and we absolutely destroyed it. But yeah, uh, moving on to UFC first. Um, well, basketball, yeah, right here. Spurs. There's two plays that you can look at. Uh, following trends, strictly following trends, which is what we've been doing and doing really well. Uh, the Knicks are the worst first quarter home team in the NBA. Uh, they play the Mavericks. The Mavericks are a decent first quarter team. They're an amazing first half team. There's two bets to be looked at there. You could take the Spurs, mean, you could take the Mavericks' first half, minus one. Uh, You could take them first quarter, minus .5. Either one of those, I I like those a lot. The Knicks are, that's fade the Knicks right there, plain and simple. They're they're terrible. They are the worst home first quarter team in the NBA, so uh, minus .5 is a beautiful play right there. I love that. You get, you know, minus 125 on the money line if you want to protect that, but I'm sure they'll be up by four or five out of the first quarter. Anyways, and then first half, Mavericks are even a better first half team, with or without Luka, it doesn't matter. Um, and then Spurs, at home, are a machine in the first quarter. Uh, I like, in the NBA, uh, I do like taking the first quarter, first half bets a lot. It's a lot easier to track. It's a lot easier to trend. Uh, you don't have, you, you know which player's going to be on the court for the, predominantly the majority of the time. The starting five is going to hang out there for a minute. And, uh, yeah, minus two, absolutely beautiful. Look, you can see the line's moving already. Um that's that's one right there. That's that's signal for our premium members only. That's that's something that we're going to be getting in on. That's a great play. And the Rockets, they're not they're 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 trending down fast too. They're a terrible first half team, but first quarter Spurs, beautiful play.
2: I don't even know. Let me look at the. I can't name anyone on the Rockets roster. Oh, they got Jalen Green of course. Uh, Chris Wood, oh, John John Harry Wall's Gore, on the Gordon's roster, there. but John Wall's play. not playing. He's not playing, no. is he? That's right.
4: No. Their best um, players by Chris Wood, Eric Gordon's. Eric Gordon's been playing decent, but they're they're just giving up a ton of points. As they're not a good basketball team, unfortunately, and I don't think it's changing anytime soon.
2: Yeah, before before I don't know if you have other picks in the NBA or basketball. Before we get to that, I see a comment in the chat. Um, this is from from Tiny Pie. I believe he's in uh, Sacramento. Is saying he, he's here for gambling tips. He said he had five out of six on his parlay last night. Suns Raptors let me down. I had over two twenty three. I know nothing about the NBA. They were guesses. So, Cowboy, what's your what's your take on on kind of parlays in general?
4: Parlays are a lot of people want that quick get rich fast, and parlays are a great way to do it. But you got to have educated picks here, guys. Uh, I can already tell you, I you know, from reading charts every day, Suns and over don't mix. Suns are the best, uh, third best defensive team in the NBA. I would not touch them with an over ever unless it was significantly lower, two twenty three. Is uh, a lot of points in today's NBA uh, scoring's way down this year in comparison. There's a new basketball that the players don't like. The three-point rule where you can't lean in into shooters is free. I mean, you got guys like Damian Lillard and, and Trey Young who are they're still great players, but their scoring is way down because they relied on getting fouled. So you know that the Suns that you know that one that one right there that was an unfortunate play. Um, but parlays, guys, they're strictly. Look at them this way. Here's a great way to translate them into stocks. Look at them as buying an outside the money call on a Thursday. Yeah. That's exactly what parlays are. Sure, you can be as educated as you want, but it's, it is it is high risk, high reward for a reason. So outside the money weekly call on a Thursday is the exact parallel is buying uh, is playing a uh, parlay. Don't plan on cashing. You're gonna be a lot better if you play straight bets. That's specifically what we try to educate people in. And you're a lot better if you play less bets. Two to three really good bets a day is a lot better to do than you know eight to ten plays. Because think about it, guys. If you go, if you take ten plays and you go uh, six and four, you netted two plays. You 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 were essentially two and zero, oh, but you put out a lot of money out there to, to get those two units back. Well, if you just went two and zero, oh, you eliminate the stress of all that, and you have your money still in your bankroll. So less is more. Parlays are great, but just. Use them with caution and bet small with them. We advise our clients to only do you know twenty five percent of a unit at most on parlays, unless it's a two teamer parlay. Two team parlays are fine; you can usually get good value there. But if you're going three, four, five, six teams, just tread tread with caution, guys. That's all.
2: Yeah, I, I love that analogy, uh, parlays to options, because um, a lot of a lot of synergies there, right? Like I know, like you said, if I'm buying an out of the money call option for a hundred dollars. I know there's a very strong possibility, right? More than likely than not, this is going to be, you know, if it's a Thursday Thursday afternoon, that this is going to be worthless by market close tomorrow. But there's that small chance that $100 turns into $1,000. And I'm willing to take on that risk. So as long as you, you define that risk up front and you say, okay, I'm willing to spend $20 on this parlay, this five-leg parlay to win uh, $500, whatever it is. Yeah, just know up front that, hey, this isn't likely, this isn't uh you know going to happen for sure but if it does then great and i also agree 100 percent with the you know stick to like two or three good picks and if you put those two or three good picks in a parlay um let, let, let's just do this example say you have three picks right uh a hundred dollars each say that's your unit a hundred dollars on each you go two and one and you also put all three into a parlay that you maybe put half a unit on fifty dollars well, you go up $100 on going 2 and 1 on the picks. You lose half of that on the parlay, but you're still up 50 bucks. Like that's like a, I, I would think would be like a responsible way to kind of mix in some parlays, a way to try to hit a home run without uh, really putting yourself at like a risk disadvantage.
4: That's exactly it. You got it you got it exactly right, AB. I mean, that's just uh it's, it's risk management. And risk management in every facet of life. And it's no different in sports betting. Uh, you know, make sure you're taking the, you know, adequate make sure you know when you when you're going heavy and and you know the other thing too is is a lot of these handicappers will tell you oh this is a five unit super max play no don't do that guys your bets should all be the same i mean yes you can take your you can take a chance you can say okay i'm going to go a little heavier uh you know there's times i'll go three units at the most but these guys that do these five six seven eight ten unit max you lose that you essentially have to win the next ten in a row and and i don't know you know yeah we've all had days where we've won ten in a row but you can't bank on winning 10 in a row. Vegas doesn't even win 10 in a row. So why the hell do you think I'm going to be better than Vegas? I mean, that's that's a unrealistic expectation. So, um, but yeah, moving on to UFC, I am super excited to be back. Uh, A.B., I told you, I, I texted you, I told you, Oliviera, and you said, I can't bet against Poirier, and you, you didn't listen. So uh, Olivier, I, 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 <laughs> I told I you.
2: Like, <laughs> I said, uh, I was, you know, this, that's my guy. I can't do it, and I didn't do it. So what? what how, why were we on a hiatus from UFC?
4: They just do it. It's just an annual thing. They take off. Uh, they take off a holiday season. They so you know, what were they they, they run so from... busy, and it's been about a month now since they've had their last USC event. It's just their, literally, you know, that's their season. They just take it off. That's that they're done. So they do a New Year's Eve. I, I well, was a couple years ago they did a New Year's Eve one, um, but other than that, that I haven't seen it. You know, that's just for their time. Their time off. Take time to rest, heal, or reorganize. So, but we have two amazing cards coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, this one here, uh, Giga Chiradis versus uh, Calvin Catter as the main event here. And I'm telling you right now, this is the, this is the classic young talent stepping up in competition. And uh, Catter, even though he's plus 200, uh, plus 185 now, uh, right there, right, third one up right there. Calvin Catter is going to win this fight, guys. This is the classic step up in competition. Giga has beat everybody. He's KO'd the last three opponents he's had. He's beat everybody in front of him. His most impressive win, I guess, would be Edson Barbosa. But Edson Barbosa, this isn't 2016 anymore, guys. He's lost uh, right there. He's lost three of his last... He's only won three of his last nine fights. So that's if that's Giga Shikadi's uh, key win, I'm comfortable taking Calvin Catter, even though he did just get his face beaten by Max Holloway last year but everyone loses Max Holloway, you can't you can't count that as a significant loss i think this is the classic step up in competition calvin catter is going to catch him giga chicague is long he keeps people at distance but if you can get close and edson barboza did knock him a couple times if you can get close which calvin catter is very good at close hand to hand combat if you can get close to giga he is he is take you can you can ko him you can uh, defeat him so i'm going with the upset in the main event that's my pick i definitely think that there's a lot of value there at plus 195 and i love getting calvin catter as a dog a guy that's 22 and 5 and been in ufc for 10 years against a young up-and-comer
2: wait so this is the main uh, event uh that's catter, the main event. yes sir so when's and god Ga- is in fight the, the following week
4: Nganyu and uh, yep in and gone fight the following week in uh on in, the 22nd on on
2: 22nd yeah and you like Gagne in this fight, right?
4: Yep, love him. Uh, it, it's a different world we're in right now. Serial uh, Ghan is, uh, you know, Francis Ngannou is, you know, heavyweight. You can knock people out, knock people out, knock people out. Francis Ngannou is, <laughs> quite frankly, one of the scariest human beings on the planet. But UFC has evolved. This isn't 2005 anymore. You get a lot of judges, especially now. I don't think it's going go to go to the judges, anyways. Um, but judges now value more or less control time over striking and Cyril Ghan is a king at pinning people up against the cage and doing his thing and I think is just going to get outclassed it's a classic case of somebody who's a knockout artist versus somebody who's more well-rounded and I think that at minus 120 you'll probably see it close at like minus 140 minus 160 so I've already started building position on Cyril Ghan and I think he's Ngani's just gonna get out class, plain and simple. It's, it, it's just the evolution of MMA at this point.
2: Yeah, and time, just in general, if you get into a line like this at minus 120 and you see it over time uh, move further in your direction, so it becomes 130 or 145, then that's a great sign for you, right?
4: Typically, yeah, you're seeing the heavy money come in. And uh, I do like to see where the amount of bets are too. We've been running money reports quite a lot uh we have access to a private uh server that provides us money reports and we're finding a lot of parallel that if you're seeing say you know let's just use roundabout numbers say there's 100 bets placed and 70 percent of the 70 bets are placed on the over and 30 bets are placed on the under but you see that the amount of money is following the under uh that's a good sign because smart money uh is where you want to be you want to be on the smart money side so you see that discrepancy you know fade the public thing we've had this conversation in the past i don't put a ton of stock in that but there is a parallel where you want to follow the money as well um guys like you and i or other people who are betting you know one two three hundred dollars three hundred dollars uh you know a fight we don't make a dent in this thing you want to follow the guys that are putting twenty thirty thousand dollars on the thing they're making them a, you know, huge living on it with huge knowledge. So that's something that we've been using to our advantage is the money reports. And that's been, uh, you know, that's that's been absolutely key and crucial to our success lately, especially with football. Football, the money reports are key in football. You see that happen late. You see it happen. And uh, we've been following those significantly. You're already seeing a ton of money come in on the Raiders, which that line has already moved from, uh, I think it's to five now. Bengals were opened at six and now it's down to five.
2: Yeah. And we'll get to football in a sec. I'm just, uh, I'm just check, uh, catching up on a chat right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, someone said, Oh, Holy cow. Tiny, but the guy that was talking about his parlay earlier said his best was a multi-sport 14 pick parlay, five figures off 10 bucks. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I, if that happens again, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's let that's, me that's in incredible. next time, man. Let me in. That's yeah, let impressive. me in next time. Tiny pie, text me. You got my number. Um, Someone. Uh, oh, he also said that Masvidal is getting knocked TF out by Covington. I even, when is I don't even know when that fight is. March
4: fifth. They just announced March 5th. it. March fifth. All right. So that's that's down the road. Yeah.
2: We'll get Cowboy on before then to talk more about that. Um, I can't
4: wait for that fight, man. Two of the biggest mouthpieces in the uh, UFC going at it. That's going to be great. Daryl. Uh, yeah. K- get, yeah. Gig is a great fighter, man. I'm not taking anything away from him. I I think he's great, and I think. He will eventually get his chance at flyweight to take the belt, but I, you know, one thing we've noticed in USC is when you take that step up in competition, he's he hasn't fought a top ten guy yet, and he's going from outside the top ten now he's number seven to t- fight a top four guy. Uh, it, it's a huge step up in competition, and when you get down below lightweight, it does make a significance. As you know, light heavyweight and middleweight and things like that, you can make up a lot of that with power. Uh, but when you're talking about a more technical division, you can't just knock your way out to the top in, in these lower divisions. You just, it's just not feasible. I mean, you don't see people do that. You saw, it's, like I said, it's not 2005 anymore, guys. We got to get out of the 2010, 2015. We got to get out of Conor McGregor knocking everybody out. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way anymore. Guys, these guys are way more educated, way more trained. Uh, it's a different sport now. And so yeah, somebody that's, that's... like Calvin Catter is going to give him problems and a plus 200, I love that. That's great. I can get two to one of my money. I'll take that chance.
2: The sport's evolving. All right, so we're talking UFC right now. If anyone's got any questions about us for, you know, about UFC, um, really about betting in general, just throw them in the chat. We, we are going to transition here in a minute from UFC uh, to NFL, doing a preview of the NFL playoffs. Again, I mentioned NFL super wildcard weekend uh, this upcoming weekend. First playoff game Saturday afternoon. I believe it's the, the Bengals game, right? The Saturday?
4: Bengals Raiders first game right off of the bat, and you can see the money already coming in on the Raiders.
2: Um, let's see, uh, James O'Connor uh, from Miami is asking in the chat. Colby's cool with going the distance, no? Oh yeah,
4: he that's how he wants to win the fight. He absolutely wants to win the fight by going the distance. He's uh, he's a wrestler. Uh, you know, what I think he ended up winning a national championship, or at least making a national championship, when he was at Oregon State in college. So he's absolutely going to try to grind this thing out. And you know, once we get to that fight, I I can already tell you right now, if it's, even if it's not up, Colby's probably going to be like a minus two forty, minus two fifty, and uh, that, you'll always see that line go up. Uh, Mosvadov carries a popular vote, but the sport might have passed him. I think his time's up.
0: Uh, you know, it has that must be that must He's be, be sad for.
2: A- it must be sad for a guy like you who's been watching the sport for 20 years, you know, like seeing some of those legends, uh, get to the tail end of their career and, and continue fighting.
4: I mean, it, it's just part of the, it's just part of the evolution. You're not going to find guys that can just keep going and keep going, and keep going. Uh, it happens, <laughs> you know, you get these, you get some of these old guys, Yeah, Shogun, he just keeps fighting and he's 40. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, go, go away. And he's actually, I mean, he, he actually is still effective. He's, he got his ass kicked, but, I mean, at 42 years old, I mean, that's pretty damn good to still get in the octagon.
2: I wonder who the first Tom Brady of the UFC will be, you know, still at the top of his game at, at 45 or whatever. I mean, who knows with how the how health and medicine is developing. You know, we might see people fighting uh, longer and longer down the road. It might
4: be Usman. It really might be. If Usman ha- keeps the interest, it might be Usman. I mean, that guy's unbeatable at this point. You You just... He's never been taken down, even though I do think uh, Kobe did. That was a takedown. And uh, in, in that last Kobe Covington, and Usman fight, that was a takedown. Even uh, D- DC, Dan Cornier said that that's a takedown. And DC's the best wrestler on the planet. So if he's going to rule it a takedown, it's probably a takedown. But on the record book, he's never been taken down. So Usman might be the guy here at 45, and you're just going, well, okay, there's nothing we can do. I mean, he's just going to keep winning, just keep winning, just keep winning. Um, there's a couple other fights uh, this weekend. Uh, Jake Collier... Chase Sherman, right above there. Jake Collier actually was a light uh, heavyweight, and he was actually a middleweight before that. And now he's fighting at heavyweight. And he put he purposely put on about like 85 pounds of mostly fat. And his first fight at heavyweight, he got rocked by Tom Aspinall. Well, Tom Aspinall is one of the – he's, he's going to be a future champion. He's still young. So you can't put any stock in that. But he did win his next fight, and then he fought Carlos Felipe, to a split decision, and what I believe he got robbed. I think Collier won that fight. So you can get him at minus one thirty four now. I think that should be closer, to like minus two hundred, minus two fifty. Chase Sherman is is you know, listen. Chase Sherman's uh, uh, one of those UFC guys that's going to keep getting these contracts and keep getting knocked out. Now he's not going to get knocked out, but he's taking these fights for twenty thousand bucks. And you know Chase Sherman's a nobody. Uh, Jake Collier, though, I think he's figured out how to fight a heavyweight, and at minus one thirty four, that's a really good price him right now it should be closer to minus 200 and uh you know he's he's, he's comfortable in his skin now uh after yeah, being 185 we, we, for his first part of his career now clocking it at 264.
2: we we talked about those you know two two leg parlays and stuff you know right here if you do uh uh calvin and jake right here it's plus 415. i don't <clears> mind that i don't mind you know throwing 20 bucks to win uh I can't do math. $80? 20 bucks to win eighty, plus four fifteen. Yeah, yeah,
4: twenty to win eighty, twenty to return a hundred. Uh, not bad. You put twenty down, you get the hundred dollar bill back. No, it's not bad at all. Yeah, and that's the right way to do it. Is absolutely throw twenty bucks on it, guys. Throw your lunch money on it. Throw twenty five bucks on it. Uh, if you make a hundred, great. Sure, absolutely. You know that's the way to do it. Uh, one more fight from this weekend before we move on. Uh, Brandon Val is fighting up above. Uh, both these guys are submission. If you click on the if you click on the props, I bet you the submission. Um, Brandon Roy-Val inside the distance, inside the, where's the finish by submission? Uh, duh, 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 under, under, scroll
2: down. Oh, method of, method me. of victory, I uh, don't want win it, by-
4: Right there, Brandon Roy-Val went by submission. These guys are both submission artists. Brandon Roy-Val, uh, his last, he lost to Brandon Marino, which there's no shame in losing to Brandon Marino, and his shoulder popped out of his socket actually, so that's why he lost. And then he got KO'd last fight, in what was his first fight back after receiving, uh, after getting his shoulder repaired. I think he's probably gonna finish this fight. He's an excellent fighter. He's young. Uh, He's very long for 145. So, or sorry, 145, uh, for 125. So I think he's got a great chance to finish this. And if he does, he's gonna finish it by submission. So there's a great play right there. Uh, Don't, you can also just take inside the distance and even money up above. He's favored for a reason. He's only two losses are against, you know, superior competition. And while uh, Bonterin is the submission artist himself, you probably could take both. The, a good little cheat code here would be to take both of them uh, to win inside the distance. I don't think the fight's going to cards for either one of these guys. They are both so they both like to get finishes. So there's something to think about there. Uh, Roy Val's probably going to win it by submission, though. That would be my prediction for that fight. He's, uh, he's far superior. He's faced greater talent. He has lost but he lost on a separated shoulder. So, I mean, how do you, how do you even judge that, you know?
2: Got it. Um, all right, Cowboy, let's get over to football real quick. Uh, we might go a little, a couple minutes past two today just because I want to make sure we, we do get everything um, in football. Actually, wait, before I do that, someone asked to post all the picks that we've talked about in the chat. So remind me again to go back to basketball real quick. We've got Mavs first quarter slash first half. Take either
4: or what uh the numbers so the numbers back to the numbers back the numbers back to fade the Knicks first quarter, uh and the, but the numbers back to take the Mavs first half. Uh I'll probably and go first Sp-
2: half. Spurs first quarter as well?
4: Spurs first quarter. I love that. That's that's my favorite play in the NBA today.
2: All right, and then uh MMA we've got uh Calvin Catter plus one ninety five. Sorry, I'm just typing this all out in the chat. Plus one ninety five uh, you got uh, Jake Collier, Rand, uh, yeah, Collier minus one thirty-five, and then Brandon Ravel by submission. Cool. All right, let's get over to football. Was wild card, one? super wild card
4: weekend, man! What a joy. We've got we get extra we get an extra game of football this year in comparison to everything else. Um, okay, so what you're seeing right now, let's start at the top. Raiders and Bengals, a lot of money is coming in on the Raiders. Uh, that line opened up at six. It's already down to five. Talent, I, Raiders are t- riding a ton of momentum, guys. They've been playing great football. Uh, you know, you saw them win last week. They gave up uh, two touchdowns at the end, and what everybody thought was a fix, they thought they are going <laughs> to fix a tie. But the Raiders went and beat the Colts. The Raiders also uh, won the last week. The Raiders have been playing good football in their defense. They've been doing it with their defense uh i like the under here it's my play under 49 and a half playoff football slows down a little bit anyways and the raiders they've been winning with defense man and their defense just got healthy against the colts and while last week yeah justin herbert you know the over still went over um different teams man different teams the Bengals do like to throw Bengals do like to get vertical but i think the raiders 49.5 49.5 in a playoff game is an awful lot, so I'm definitely going to take the under there. That's my favorite play for that right there, the Raiders and Bengals.
2: Yeah, the Bengals', the Bengals offense is kind of bipolar. Real quick, just over the past, uh, let's say, six games, here's how many points the Bengals scored. 22, 23, 15, 41, 34, then back to 21. So I think everyone remembers, you know, the 41 points they put up against the Ravens and then the 34-31 win against the Chiefs. But really outside of those two games, again, the Bengals have scored 22, 23, 15, and 21 points.
4: Yeah, I mean, and you got to remember that Ravens team was decimated by COVID uh, in week uh, 16, right? Yeah, three weeks ago. They were decimated by COVID. They were playing, I, I, the game barely even happened. And then the week out the Chiefs, that was, uh, the, the Chiefs, I don't know what the Chiefs are thinking. They, they they reverted back to their old ways, offense, offense, offense. They've been winning so many games with their defense, and they just went back to try to outshoot them. So throw those two out, and they're averaging about 23 points a game. Uh, not even, I think 21 points a game. So I, I like the under there, and more so if you look at what the Raiders have been doing against defenses. Throw that Chargers game out. Uh, they had that tied up. They went to prevent defense. The Raiders, against the Colts, allowed 20 points. Against the Broncos, allowed 13 points. Against the Browns, allowed 14 points. The chiefs did give it to him. Um, I'm going to throw that one out. That's variance. then they allowed 17 to, to, to the Reds uh, to the football team. So, or the Admirals, I guess is the new, the new logo, right? That got leaked. So out of the last five games, they only allowed one team to go over 20 points.
2: So Wait, it's the, a, I didn't, I didn't know that the Admiral, well. I think you, I think, I think you can bet on that. Maybe not anymore if it got leaked, but, uh, well maybe we'll, we'll talk about that next week or something.
4: So, yeah, so I like the under in that game. Um, next, you've got the Bills and the Patriots. That, to me, is a no bet. I, I don't think there's any – I'll probably end up finding a prop on there when it's all said and done. Um, I, I can't see an edge on one side. That four is a weird number. Uh, Bills are the better team, but the Patriots' success in Buffalo. I mean, how do you – and, and Belichick. So that, to me, is a stay-away game. You don't have to bet on every game, guys. That's not the goal. The goal is to win. Uh, where you can find wins, and that right there to me is just a—I don't see the edge on betting on that game in either direction.
2: Yeah, um, just like just like the stock market, you know, you don't need to trade every single stock, you don't need to bet every single game. So if you don't feel an edge, if you don't feel confidently, you don't have high conviction, better just stay away from it.
4: Yeah, Eagles, 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 Tampa, Eagles, Tampa Bay. Uh, you probably want to buy that to a touchdown for Tampa Bay. No one's gonna, who in the right mind is going to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I'm not. You're certainly not. Uh, no one. No one is. But the Eagles were as kryptonite. So, you know, I'd probably probably take that one in a teaser. Would I would tease that with the Niners in a six point teaser would be my two favorite teaser plays of the uh, weekend. Yeah, that with with the Niners. The Niners getting nine. I love that. The Niners are a good team. They might win that game outright actually. But there's your teaser wow. right there. Uh, you get you to the minus 120. I think, uh, you know, I definitely think, uh, I definitely believe that the bucks can win that game by a field goal. And I don't see the Cowboys beating the 49ers by nine points. That's just, this is playoff football. So that to me seems like about the safest tease that you can get to this weekend.
2: Yeah. So if you do, uh, let's say we do a, a full touchdown, seven point teaser minus 140, you get, uh, 49ers plus 10, you get the Bucks minus one and a half. So that's not, not, I that, wouldn't even go that far.
4: I just go six. Po- I would just you go, go six, six points.
2: Honestly, six points yeah. Get one, the magic, 120. The magic
4: number is two and a half right there. Uh, you know, for the, for the Tampa Bay, you get, you get the win on a field goal. And I don't think our metrics don't have the Cowboys as even the favorite in this game. I think San Francisco is going to win the game personally. Uh, Cowboys have been fading in the wrong direction. I know they beat the Eagles last week, but the Eagles didn't have their quarterback and they kind of. You can't count week eighteen wins and losses. Anyways, that's kind of a mirage. Uh, moving Dude, on yeah, to Steelers the uh, Steelers. Sh- sorry, go ahead. Uh, Steelers, uh Yeah, go ahead. No, I interrupted you. Sorry, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say the Cowboys. They're like everyone's like talking about the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. I just don't think they're that good. And I the other day no. uh, when they played Arizona, which Arizona's also kind of been fading, I bet Arizona money line, and that was that was a good win because, like I said, I just, you know, I just don't uh, think the Cowboys are that good.
4: Do you know who uh, has get which which cornerback or which defensive back has given up the most yardages here?
2: Oh uh, yeah, Diggs on uh, on the Cowboys, yeah. and he he's yeah, it's, one it's a mirage. Start, he started it's, like the first eight games with an interception every game, so everyone was so high on him. But then he's been getting like he's been getting beat in the backfield all the time.
4: He, he plays he plays. Uh, I don't want to say it's selfish football because he's obviously a very good football player, and he was a receiver and he made the transition from saving over to cornerback. Um, but he plays for the interception. He doesn't play for the play. And he's going to learn real quick that that that's cute and that looks – the stats look good. But coaching staffs, smart coaching staffs, a guy like Belichick wouldn't put up with it. He would just say, you know, I, I'm going to sell him at peak value because he's not able to the team. Uh, next, Steelers all day here. I – you know, 13 points in the playoffs ridiculous. I know that the Chiefs are significantly leaps and bounds better. But, guys, there's playoffs. playoff. There's playoff football. And this is Big Ben's big last dance. Uh, plus 13 all – day long i love that wow uh yeah i don't even think i don't i I don't think dude the steelers they keep games close they've only been blown out twice this year they're not they're a very competitive football team i don't know how they're not great at anything ben roethlisberger sits here uh did you see his final game in uh this final game in pittsburgh he was 24 for 52 for 160 yards so he was averaging like five yards a throw i go Guys that was again for-
2: that that was again that Baker Mayfield was just terrible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah,
4: but they still found a way to win. I uh, you sometimes just got to believe in in the team itself. And I think thirteen points in the playoffs is ridiculous. I don't. I I'm perfectly comfortable. Uh, with, I'm perfectly comfortable with taking thirteen points there. I think that's steal. I think that'll probably yeah, drop I mean, down honestly, closer the, to eleven.
2: The fact that the Steelers are in the playoffs right now is probably a testament to how good the team is outside of Roethlisberger. More more. Than it is like an indictment on Roethlisberger.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Monday, Monday Night Football: Cardinals, Rams. Uh, look at the history, man. I, 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 you know, I'm going with the Cardinals here. I know they're fading in the wrong direction. Um, I think plus four. I actually did take the Cardinals money line. I think the Cardinals upset them. I, I, I it's the Rams have been are, are a giant letdown this season. They're 500 since uh, they, they're, they're 500 in the last six weeks. So. There's nothing special about them. And while the Cardinals are fading too, I feel like they felt like they had a, you know, they did have an impressive performance. Their defense stepped up huge against the Cowboys. And that's something to build a lot of in off of. Yeah, they had a chance to win the division. Where's the Seahawks? But the Seahawks essentially was their Super Bowl. And the Seahawks have always played well in Arizona. Dating back for years, Russell Wilson has always played great in Arizona. It's a rivalry that they just said. So I'm not putting much stock in the Week 18. We're here now. We're seeing this game Monday night. Cardinals money line. I this they're the better team from top to bottom. Rams are better talent wise at the top, but they thin out as you go down the roster.
2: Yeah, I mean Rams. Of course, they've got the big names, right? You've got Cooper Cup. You've got Matt Stafford. Now on the defense, uh, you've got Aaron Donald. You've got Von Miller. But like you said, the Rams really haven't been playing football, great football, the past six weeks or so. And if you watch the Rams 49ers game uh, over the weekend, I mean, the Rams were killing them. And then the 49ers just came back a- and uh, really made it a game. So, yeah. I think Matt well, Stafford
4: that- is who he is. I-, I hate to say it, you know, because I-, I-, I respect the guy, but he is who he is. That's, he's, yeah. You know, it is. He's, we thought we get out of Detroit. We could change Matt Stafford, but he still led the league interceptions this year. So he is who he is.
2: 100%. All right, well, that is your preview for the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, the first of its kind. Um, Cowboy, we got to get you back on ag- again next week. Maybe we'll recap all of our picks from this week. I've, I've written all of them down, I think. Maybe I've missed one or two here, uh, here or there. But uh, great to have you back on. Again, I'm excited not only for football this weekend, but we got UFC starting back up, like we mentioned, full swing in basketball. Uh, really a great time for sports betting.
4: Uh, one last thing, South Florida women minus 5.5 tonight. Take it. They South Florida five. woman. South Florida five. women, minus five and a half right now. <laughs> women yeah, women I, told, basketball, I told women's basketball is, is actually probably my, my best sport right now. I, I can I, attest to that.
2: It's <laughs> Cowboys it's, texted it's me fun. some picks in, in women's basketball that have done really well. I texted him a fiasco a couple weeks ago where uh Mizzou, where I went to school, was playing South Carolina and Mizzou's team was Missing all these players from COVID, so I took South Carolina minus, like, 13 and a half, and wouldn't you know it, Mizzou won the game outright against the number one team in the country with only seven players because of their COVID issues, um, but that's just my luck. That wasn't a Cowboy pick. That was an AB pick that did not work out.
4: You always say, you, you faded your tone team, man. I don't know how you do that, you know? You gotta back your team. I,
2: dude, I know. I, that's what I get. That was honestly, like, karma, but I swear to God, I've I've bet on and against Mizzou, like, a lot over the past five years, and i swear to God, I lose every single game. Like, when I bet on them, they lose. When I bet against them, they win, so. Uh,
4: one more thing before I jump off. Get in on a future Texas Tech to win the men's championship right now. they Their defense is going to be down. Now that they're healthy, their defense uh, on the metrics, on advanced metrics, is like other world godly. And defense wins championships. So, they're probably about 20, 30 to 1. Uh, take a small bite on that. It's definitely worth a bite now, and you know almost nearly impossible to predict who wins a national championship. But now their guards are so long. And and unless you can shoot threes, they're not going to, you can't get down on them. So I I love Texas tech basketball right now.
2: Got it. All right, cowboy. Well, well, thanks again. I'm writing that down too. Texas tech to win the men's national championship. We've got women's, uh, South Florida minus five and a half. You said that game's tonight.
4: Tonight. I think it starts at three. Uh, my time. Sorry. Three, uh, three West coast.
2: So probably 6 PM our time. All right. Uh, cowboy, Great to have you back on. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, look forward. If Brett ends up hopping on with us tomorrow or Friday, feel free to, to hop back on and talk some more stocks. Okay. I'll let, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll let you know, we'll man. More stocks.
4: Uh, I appreciate it. So, yeah, Brett said he's in tomorrow. So we'll uh, catch up with it. Thanks, guys. Take care.
2: Of course. All right, y'all. That was Cowboy from bets I'm going to drop the link to bets in the chat if you're interested. But we are running late. My fault. I'm sorry. Uh, the roadmap is going on right now, already live. I'm going to end this stream, and it'll redirect you automatically to the roadmap. Um, thank you, Easy Mike. I mean, I know this this session is something, you know, sports betting is something different than we normally do, um, but if you have feedback, please email us, shows at benzinga.com. You want to see more of it, you want to see less of it, whatever it is. I would love the feedback. All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow, 1130 a.m. Eastern. Peace and love, y'all. Let's get ready right to rumble!